Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, are beautiful people. How y'all doing on this Saturday morning? Right here locked in with Living Split Screen, your Saturday morning cartoons, or I like to consider the home of that RTS approach, that view that uh, very few don't tend to get into. Um, I'm starting to notice that even more and more as we get rolling into this whole podcasting thing and being involved in the community thing that we got going on that we've been doing for about 102 episodes at this point, right? But as the home of that RTS view, for those who aren't familiar, that's real-time strategy, pulling yourself out of the world, looking at the darker crevices of the map and pulling those resources together so that we can uh, hopefully talk to those 3 million gamers that Phil always talks about. Um, we're also the home of that ECP, that Educated Consumer Perspective, because uh, we're not lawyers, we're not in the in, in gaming industry or anything like that. Uh, me and Pong are just gamers who've been doing this for quite some time, a few decades here, and at least... Uh, between us and also just have professional experience um in the business world uh sales customer service know how people think um some psychology that goes in, into the psychologies that go into that uh so that's where we come from um with that said i again i am one of your hosts that still rain that's i still rain i that's he is a seven uh wherever you would like to type that into uh, you'll be able to find me but i have to introduce one of the most uncanny gentlemen that I have met in recent years. Um, he is a brother from another to me personally. Uh, he is the X-Men who is not Cyclops. He's not cowering in a corner. He's not afraid to take off his shades and slap a fool. Um, my guy. Oh, oh how you feeling, brother, man? Man, I always feel better after you give me one of the famous Steel Rain intros every Saturday morning here on Living Split Screen. Man, it always gets the juices flowing. We just had some backstage talk going on. Listen, uh, I'm doing great, Steel. Um, I am here. Uh, it is uh, a cloudy, rainy day up here in Minnesota. Uh, but you know what? Right here, it is bright. It is lively, and we are ready to get down to business because we got things to talk about this week for mm -hmm. sure. Um, listen, uh, gaming-wise, first of all, uh, happy Tears of the Kingdom release week uh, to all you Nintendrones out there, all you Zelda heads, oh, all you wonderful, wonderful <laughs> Nintendo fans. Listen, everything that we talked about about 2023 being potentially one of the goats, one of the greatest all-time, if not the greatest all-time year of gaming. Uh, when we talk about that, it ain't. It, it definitely isn't from one perspective. It's not from one platform. It's a combined effort. And, of course, we talked about uh, knowing that Zelda Tears of the Kingdom was probably going to come out to rave reviews. It was going to be what everybody wanted, and that's exactly what it looks like happened. Whether I am interested, which you all know I'm not, um, or not, does not matter. It's part of the celebration of the golden age of gaming and what it means right now to be a gamer in the number one entertainment industry in the world. And Nintendo did exactly what they needed to do. They showed up with a front runner for yeah. game of the year, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's what they did. As they should. That's what they did. The sequel... They did exactly what you want from a sequel. Yeah. Build upon what made Breath of the Wild to some people the goat. Uh, they took it, expanded upon it, gave you more mechanics, gave you more of everything, basically, at this point, from yeah. all the reviews that I'm reading. Um, again, I will never know because I will never play it because I have zero interest in Zelda. But everything I'm seeing is fantastic. So happy Tears of the Kingdom uh, release week. 
huge, huge moment. Obviously, as we were talking backstage, happy server slam for all of us Diablo fans who are jumping back into the beta one last time to help Blizzard get things right for day one. Uh, Hail Lilith, uh, mother is back, and my God, does it feel good. Uh, you know, if you weren't backstage with us, Steele did say that there are some hardcore people like Asma Gold and, and oh no, it's Alex. And obviously I appreciate those guys because those guys do come from the perspective of the extreme enthusiasts when it comes to something like specific games and Diablo being one of those. Again, it's a beloved franchise of mine, mm-hmm. but I don't have that enthusiast look about games. Like I, I right. do, but I don't have that extreme like I'm not nitpicking games. If a game comes out, no matter if it's a beloved franchise of mine, Elder Scrolls, it doesn't matter. Right. If it's got issues here and there, I'm not one of those people that are going to say, Oh God, I can't play this anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like I'll do it when they do a, a dramatic shift like Saints Row did in certain areas. They do a dramatic shift uh, in tone of a game. Then I'll come out and like talk about it. But for the most part, I play a game because I want to play a game and I just love it and whatever. Right. So I'm having a great time Things in Diablo. Mean. Yeah, no, it is what it is. And again, I don't begrudge those people. That's a part of it, right? We see it with the Halo fan base. We see it with any big fan base. You're going to have people who are unhappy with the direction right. the game is taking. But I played a game last night. Uh, of course, as as everybody knows, Steel already said he's not going to play it up to launch. Yeah, we just no. talked about that backstage, um, which, is, which is obviously I totally understand. I'm not going to hate on steel for not playing the beta again it's a beta it's a beta for god's sakes no people don't like being beta boys as as king calls them right so it's fine uh but i'm having a great time in there i wanted to see this because uh ferguson in the last dev direct said this is as close to the final build as uh we're going to get like this is like basically the final build is what ferguson was saying so i want to see how my main class was going to play. That's what I'm using this for. Uh, now that we're getting normal drop rates in this one, this is, again, drop rates. It's the, the first couple betas for anybody who didn't play. Legendaries were dropping like candy. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, points, yeah. like everywhere. Did you notice like, the you... difference? Oh, yeah. Oh, Major? Yeah. Yeah. So It's nice when, when, you get the, when you get the yellow, when you get the rare drop now. Um, it's, it's like, oh. I got a yellow. I got a yellow. And we're not even talking legendaries yet. It was impactful. Uh, yeah. 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 Jasper, who put more hours, he, he already. He's almost like a second class or third yeah, class. Yeah. 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 He, <laughs> mag- he, he was maxed out pretty much like early on yesterday. He was at level 20. Mm-hmm. He got his first legendary, not from a monster drop, but from the coin lady in town. Really? Trade those. Yeah. yeah, yeah so, wow. So that's how I mean, they, he was running. It does have a chance to yeah. give you that. So it's like, yes, to see yes. those mechanics at play. Like yes. you could kind of do if you haven't got anything out in the world yet. Right. Oh, here you go. But typically yeah. early on like that, I'm not expecting to get like a bunch of legendaries anyway, no. typically in no. Diablo. No. So anything that you do get, you know, is going to be impactful to your gameplay as Correct. you move forward, right? Especially at level 20. We're talking right. about a game that brings you all the way up to level 100, right? So, right, exactly, exactly. You know, it, it's one of those and things. higher after pair with yeah, Paracom. Yes, so it, it, was, it was cool, but like I said, it brought back the old uh, feeling again, Steel, where even when a yellow dropped early game, it was like, oh, okay, cool, right? Um, I've got... I got probably five. I'm probably almost decked out in yellow now, but um, you know, it still gave that feeling like it was meaningful and you were right. like, Oh, surprise. Whereas during the beta it was like, get this, get this yellow out of here, man. Give me the, my orange, give me a legend. Right, 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 legendaries right. are dropping everywhere. So 
So that was interesting. Um, they added more creatures, uh, as I was telling you guys behind the stage. They added a lot more creatures to That's dope. this, uh, which was, again, very cool to see. So did the world feel more filled, or were there just more variety of creatures? More variety, but okay. definitely walking through the open world, I got to say maybe they increased the mobs. Um, also, Jasper, uh, he was running. Jasper ran into some different things because you know Jasper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, again, yeah, where he around. was and he's running stuff. Um, randomly in a dungeon, all of a sudden, it put up a warning on his screen and said "mob inbound" or oh, something wow. like that. Okay. And all of a sudden, this huge mob of skeletons was charging him, like out of the blue, like a random encounter, like just happened. That's kind of dope. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I like that. Uh, yeah. He, man. yeah he, yeah, it was pretty, uh, pretty cool. Again, I didn't see it because I was playing, but we were in chat together and we were all running single because me and Psycho were trying to level up. And so all of a sudden he's like, oh, what's going on? What was happening here? So so there's stuff like that that's happening that we didn't see in the first betas. Like I said, there's more named, like, I'm not even going to call them like mini bosses, like leaders of your mob, right? You get a lot more named. They have elemental aspects to them, or like I was telling, like I was telling you behind the scenes, steel. You can even have like a ghoul, like a regular old ad, like a nobody, like fodder, and all of a sudden he'll have an aspect where he's got more health than ah, the okay. rest of them, Even's right? And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot more of that, a lot more elemental attacks coming against you. I'm already sick Variety. of ice. I'm already sick of ice guys is it slowing have, you down like free that's freeze you bro, or does it just slow yes. you down oh wow okay Damn. like it'll slow you down but if you get hit by one of their big ones yeah, yeah you're freezing. instantly frozen oh, god it's annoying as hell right now man I'm, I'm I'm like, oh my god that's good um, though because you yeah, you anticipated for it to work like that if i can yeah. do it to the enemies i expect for the enemies to be able to do the same right. thing to me and, and they tweaked uh they tweaked certain bosses um for sure like first boss steel you remember what kind of i mean we could still beat the first boss that first main dungeon uh was that brood blood, blood whatever it was yeah that dude that demon dude that okay, shows okay, okay. up yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, he was a little tough out the bit. gate like yeah, a, little a little bit, bit. i mean yeah. he took i mean all things considered he was a little tough for you being like your first i mean i was the druid and struggling with him so i mean i I get i was the rogue and i had to run around for a long time they tweaked him down okay Uh, they debuffed him so they've done that they buffed up some of the other bosses uh, as you're going through make them much tougher uh they've they've tweaked uh special abilities for some of the bosses okay we were seeing stuff we didn't see um so that's dope yeah so this is definitely closer to final build so if you want to jump in and kind of see where diablo is going to be at launch Go check this out. Like I did say uh, in the backstage, we did have some weird. Uh, there was no problems logging in. No queue. That's dope. Nothing. That's really good. Don't know if that's Tears of the Kingdom or if that's just they've got the servers handled and they're and they're doing a much better job. First night, we, Friday first night, night. You know, right. Saturday right. nights when you can really tell. Yeah, that's we'll when, we'll find out tonight. We'll find out. Um, but we did have some weird um, issues where we're we were playing grouped last night, um, four of us, and we were running um, a certain mission. And we'd be like halfway through or partway through the mission. All of a sudden, we go to the next area mm-hmm. and we get split up. And our group would be basically disbanded. And some of us would be put at the beginning. Some of us would still be in the area we were supposed to be going to. So there was some of those weird things that we didn't see in the early betas. Um, but again, this is what this is for. I'm sure they're watching that. I'm sure they're seeing it. Um, so yeah, no, having a great time there. Otherwise, regular games this week. Uh, Age of Wonders 4. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, man, I, I 
this this is the best 4x strategy game. This is already I know I know we're we're always what have you done for me lately. So it's always for us gamers it's like we don't, you know, if you give us something new or interesting, sometimes it creeps in where it's like is this better than every other game I've I ever I think what it is, Pong, um yeah. I, I, because you're you're about to dive into Age of Wonders four, right? I th- yeah. I think the problem is is that yeah. um, but Age of Wonders four is not God of War. So there's there's some of that that happens. <laughs> there's some of that that happens, bro. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, but I gotta say, Age of Wonders four is already, and again, it's coming from a dude who didn't play PC. So again, am I the four X strategy king who's been playing four X strategy games for thirty years nonstop on PC and experienced the best? No, of course not. But I have played Civ. Like I have played. I love those games. I love four X strategy games. Age of Wonders four is slowly moving its way up the list towards the top of my all time favorite four X strategy games already. Like this game, hands down, is some of the most fun I've ever had. And that includes Civs, right? So um, really something special here from Triumph Studios. Uh, Yes, the performance issues, they do have to patch out. It's not, again, I haven't had any game-breaking stuff. I haven't had any crashes, none of that stuff yet. And I've put a lot in already, uh, a considerable amount already, um, but I'm loving Age of Wonders 4. And then uh, also rocking, I mean, I'm rocking all a bunch of stuff, but Shadow uh, uh, Shadow Warrior 3, I'm close to finishing it, Steel. Okay. Um, you know me, that's rare, uh, but I love the Shadow War series, and it's a perfect pop-in, play, hop, get through a level, pop out. It, they've got it set up perfect. It's not that, I wish it still had the open world of Shadow Warrior 2, um, but Shadow Warrior 3, uh, is really really good. It's in Game Pass. It's got the current gen patch on it. It's beautiful in a lot of ways. It's a really gorgeous game, and I'm having fun. And Steel, I'm getting close to finishing it. And uh-huh. I said this on PM to PM. Even more rare, even more rare, Steel. I might wind up a thousand out of thousand on this. Really? Yeah. That's Accidentally, or you've been looking at it? No, I look. I look at them. Okay, okay. Of course, because even though I'm not an achievement hunter. Yeah. I still like achievements popping, right? Obviously, if, and if it's, if it's, you if you like it enough cool. to the yeah. the fact that you're yeah. even looking at it and be like, oh, what do I got to do now? And okay. they've got it set up kind of cool. like the certain devs do a great job setting up the that, achievements. Like some is it in some the game? Want you to run? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that makes it even easier, right? It makes it even easier, right. and it, it's nice progression. Sure, I play differently than a lot of people, so there right, are right. some where cumulative achievements where you got to kill so many things or whatever the case. Like those things are going to happen for me because I wind up doing more than a lot of people do in my first run. Some people, it takes two runs to do this, but I, there's only one achievement. I don't know if I can get by the end. There's only one. I don't know if I can get by the end, but yeah, that's how much I'm loving shadow warrior three. So if you still haven't popped that in, you want that doom light experience. This game will give you that doom light experience. Plus it's still got comedy. It, it, it's humorous. It's funny. I'm still laughing at it, even though it's not the same as Shadow Warrior 2. They did tone it down a little bit. Uh, it's still hilarious uh, if you like that adolescent comedy. Right. So, so yeah, no, that's what I've been rocking out, Steel. Uh, so, sir, what have you been doing, man? All right. So, I don't even know. It's a couple, there's been a couple things. Yeah. One um, is... One is something that, that I've kind of been off and on about uh, over the years, and then... Yeah, I mean OCD, OCD gamer. Uh, yeah, it's only it's only conversation, but I say that because that's that's kind of hinting at what I'm going to talk what I'm going to talk about. So 
on one end, I did end up jumping into Skyrim. Um, this is something <laughs> that I was talking to Pong about in the background. That's, that, um, that's right. That's and I've right. actually, and I've actually, because Pong, I actually tried two more times after okay. uh, the conversation we had. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so nonetheless, so one, I did get a chance to jump into Skyrim for my first time ever this week. Um, now, I will be honest and say I did have some frustration getting into the game um, because I am playing with mods. Um, the most recent version that I had um, had, all, had about 777 mods um, to improve gameplay mechanics and the world, the visuals and all that stuff. He sees a different world. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's it is, if you look up if you look at videos, it looks like a completely fuck. It's a completely different. Game. Oh yeah, no, I. Um, I yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so that's one. Two. I have come to the realization that I just think that Skyrim is too much of an older game for me to go back to. Mm. Um, because even the mods, and maybe it's because I, I got to spend more time really refining and finding what mods are working with what and, you know, really making sure that I have it working the way that I would like it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have the time or the patience to sit there and do that. Now, sure. um, I did opt in for a different version, which is how I got to the over 700 mods that I was able to get. Um, it's like a, it was like a hundred and over 100 gigs worth of mods. Yeah. Uh, it was like a one-click, one, you know, one-click yeah. type of thing. Hey, one-click, download everything, boom, you got. And that was, the, was one of the best experiences that I had thus far. And I ended up spending, that last time that I did it, um, I spent about four hours in the game. Okay. Consistent. I was like yeah, just in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um So there's a couple different things. The reason that I um and Superman, that's exactly where that's exactly what I did. That's where I got the collection from. I now one I, I'll say I don't get why people are so obsessed with like the nudity in Skyrim. It's it's just it's weird. Like I, I, I realized that that's what the immersive and adult thing was after I downloaded it. Cause it was like, oh yeah, there's some nudity. I didn't know it was as blatant as it was. <laughs> I was like, all right, I, I'm not into this. So I downloaded the other version um, that's supposed yeah. to be more pure or whatever. I was just like, cause I started playing, I was like, oh, this is like abrasive nudity. <laughs> like it's like purposely put in your face. Um, right, 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 but right. It, it is what it is. I shouldn't have expected that. So, but I downloaded the other version, and uh, that was the version I had mostly that I was getting into, spending some time with, and I was having some, and I was having a good time. Now, the thing that turns me off most about Skyrim because I like to play in third person. Um, I don't. The first person camera is a complete turn off for me. I I don't get that aspect of the game. I I don't. That's just me personally, though. Um, I know other people do, yes. and I get it because it does make it feel immersive. I mean, the times that I did put myself in the first person, where there was like a talk to somebody, because some of the mods um, had issues, had weird issues with the camera or whatever. Um, so I would, I would like be zoomed into my character's back in third person. Nice. And I couldn't see nice. the person yeah, I was talking maybe. to. I had to like change. I had to like adjust my analog stick so I can barely see right. their uh, face. Yeah. It was weird. Um, but anyway. The first person is not is not for me. So nonetheless, I could say if Starfield was first person, it probably wouldn't have been for me. But third person, I really enjoy. Now, one comparison that I have to make, and the biggest reason why, and we're probably going to talk about this for a second, because I, I want to understand whether it's a me problem mm -hmm. or whether I'm doing something wrong. But sure. nonetheless, 
The biggest comparison for Skyrim that I can make to a game that I also played recently is Dragon's Dogma. The reason I make that comparison because they kind of feel similar in a lot of ways. Um, outside of Dragon's Dogma having more combat mechanics, right? And I only say that with mods. Sky, I, I can Skyrim. I can imagine from what I played. Remember from Elder Scrolls. If that's how Skyrim played before, mm-hmm. when I played Elder Scrolls Online, if that's how it played before, then it's kind of like, okay. So I wouldn't be able to make that comparison without mods because obviously it plays differently. But nonetheless, so like the, I'm, but it's, what I'm speaking to is more so like the sense of exploration. You just pick in a direction. Maybe you do that first mission because you could do that white run mission, right? And then it tells you, oh, you got to go get this dragon stone. Me and... People like myself, Pong, and other people who like to adventure in their games because we like to enjoy the games for what it is, right? Yep. Might get yourself into some trouble. Um, or fighting things that you're not supposed to, right? Um, I found myself in a couple situations like that. I also think um, that one of the mods that I have kind of changes stuff up because when I die, I get teleported in a different place. Um, some of my armor is stolen, and I got to go fight the person that last killed me. Now, if they're oh. a higher level than me, yeah. Then um, I'm I'm effed. So that's a that's a mod. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what I figured. Um, so I had that aspect that I was that I was kind of fighting to get, but it made it feel slightly souls like, right? So that sure, was in, sure. so that, so it, it was it was in. I can see yeah. how that could be enjoyable. Yeah. Um, the darkness, like nighttime for me, was extremely dark. Can't barely see. That's I can relate to that in Dragon's Dogma at least. And that could have been a mod that, that was making it seem that way. Because mm-hmm. uh, nighttime is, is extremely dark. Yeah, no. um, Like Dragon's Dogma dark. Like yeah. you need to have a a, a lantern, some type of light, type of light yeah. to walk out, yeah. to walk, yeah. to do anything. Yeah, no. um, and even then it's like, I can't see shit. Um, <laughs> I could get ran up on right now and I right. wouldn't even know. Uh, I'm over here looking around, looking for vampires just because I know that stuff is in this game. Um, right. But I'm looking, looking around like, yo, I might get attacked. And then a fucking dragon flies above me. And I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> right. And then he starts breathing fire. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> so I get into myself into a situation. The thing about Skyrim overall for me is definitely the combat. If the combat was better, the melee combat, especially um, with the mods, it does make it better. But you could tell. At least for me, it's still off, it, especially when you compare it to newer games. And I can honestly say that I am jaded by newer games because that's how games should be. Skyrim came out a decade ago. Games have progressed in how how they play overall since yeah. then. Yeah. So that makes sense. But the other side to it also is I think what my biggest issue is, is the amount, the time investment yeah. versus like what I feel like I'm getting accomplished. Sure. Because especially with the mods, like I just explained to you, it does feel like I'm, I'm regressing a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, going to an area, um, I'm having an issue with the combat for whatever reason. I die to whatever stupid ass reason. Um, and then I get reset. So now I'm losing yeah. stuff. It's like, oh, okay. Um, now, this mod also made me realize what does make these games special, though. Because everywhere that I was going, the interactions were on key. They were on point. Right. Like, I'd walk by somebody, they would address me. Um, right. If I was 
you know, talking to somebody else, other people would look around like they're curious about what I'm doing here. Like, obviously, because I also chose, uh, I I created a, I don't know if this is in the base game, um, a half dragon. Nope. Um, But yeah, yeah, it's like a half dragon. I mean, even the people in the game are like, oh, you're a half-blood dragon or whatever the case might be. And and they got lore behind that and whatever the case, and, and it made it work. So I thought it was part of the regular game, but anyway. So overall, I can't say that, oh, well, Skyrim is just a bad game. That's not what it is. What I do think that it is is just because of years of games, gameplay changes, Mm -hmm. there's a certain amount of jank that I just can't see past, right? Um, And... The fact that I have to have 700 mods for me to even enjoy the game at a base level, again, I also feel like would tell me enough. Because that tells me, if, I, if I'm if i doing all this with 700 mods, if I take the mods away, I think that I do think that it would like take away from my experience. I already feel this way about the combat. The combat is going to become even more simpler than it was before. Um, again, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's, it's from its time. Overall, the biggest reason I wanted to talk about this and why I wanted to is yeah. one, again, I do think that it's just a, it's just a me problem, um, because I also play. I was playing on a harder difficulty. That's I had an addition. Playing on expert, I think, um, or whatever. Uh, so I mean, but again, I was having a good time. Sure, but it was sure. just like it was little things, mainly just the combat. For whatever reason, it wasn't, and I played with the controller, so it's just like it just wasn't where I needed it to be in comparison to other games. Um, and that, and it's super unfortunate. Um, I don't. Nix is like seven hundred. Damn, Steels are gonna need three hundred for Starfield. <laughs> See, but the thing about Starfield is it's a modern game. And from what we saw from the third-person gameplay already, whether people want to give that credit or not, already tells me from what I'm playing currently, it's leagues and bounds better than even Fallout 4 is. Right? And I played Fallout 4 when it came out. I played it for like a few hours, and I got to a certain point. I think I got to the point where you actually get your um, your vault suit or whatever, uh, like the the metal suit. Then I stopped playing. I was like, I, 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 I power armor. Um, I did add the factions mod in Skyrim. I see the other thing too is I put a lot of limitations. I'm really weird when I'm a gamer, right? Just because they, because the other thing in the mod in Skyrim is they put you in this central place. You can get all this gear. You can do all these things. You can decide what class you want to play. You can pick a faction, and it's just like that's cool. And I can get if people who have played this game want to want to do those things. Now, I want a, I want a weapon. I want a decent set of armor. I don't want the best. Uh, I want a class, and I want to jump in whatever the starting point is. So if the starting point is white run, that's where I started at. Um, I know it's a little bit before that, and I even went back to uh, the original location because I did play through that, and I wanted to see what was different, right? Uh, so I can make sure I wasn't missing anything because I still wanted that story there. Um, in OCD, like I get that the combat isn't what attracts most people to Bethesda games. Yeah. But also, there wouldn't be as many mods that are put 
into Bethesda games if that was the end all to be all. A lot of the mods are just that quality of life and things to make the combat in the game feel better. That's what most of the mods are outside of the nudity and looks and big boobies. And, 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 and I think, I, I think, I think it's, I think it's good context to once again, remind people steel. And I'm doing this for you. Yeah. Go ahead. That you were a multiplayer only gamer. Well, yes. You at one point yeah. in your life, I'm not playing. right? You were the at one point in your life, you actually looked down on single player gamers. <laughs> you well, had yeah, a not view. necessarily down well, on no, them, but no. I was just but, like but that was that's what I considered we've, the casual, right? right we've How had the casual, correct? Casual. We've had this conversation plenty of times between you and I, and that's the perspective. You only recently started really getting back into single player games. Right. Right. And, and actually appreciating certain single player games. Again, this man had never played Mass Effect until the remake came last out, right? year. So, so right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Exactly. So again, I wasn't is, even aware of it like that. Right. It is good context for the conversation. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's plenty of people like you. And of course, right, right, right. Bethesda, just like every ga- other game we talk about, name your game, name your most popular games. Not everybody feels the same way about those games, right? Spider Man, it don't matter. We have these big games that everybody thinks like everybody plays. No, <laughs> no, that's not how it works. There's no singular game that every single gamer has to play or does play. So it, it is, it is, it is, I, 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 it's fascinating to hear you talk about this stuff because again, I know the perspective you're coming from because of all the conversations you and I have had right. on the show and behind the scenes. I know exactly where you're coming from. And so it is just interesting to to hear you talk about Skyrim um, from somebody who didn't ever invest the time into it early on. Like, you know, it is different. It is different, man. It's not. That's the games, and, and that's why, you know, OCD Gamer, that is always, that it, it's one of the big dividing lines. There are people who have jumped into a bethesda title and jumped out because like said, of the combat alone i, I don't know yes. what's so different from elder scrolls online right maybe it is the cooperative aspect yes. that made it different but i'll be also honest and say the first hundred hours of elder scrolls online i played by myself right right so i don't know whether it was just timing because you know i do have again Elder Scrolls Online is also a newer game compared to Skyrim. For it has a lot of those same aspects, and again, yeah, the combat that, is pretty similar. And the combat is pretty similar. Um, in the way, and may and maybe, and that, that's without mods, right? I played that on console, right? I played it for what it was at the time, but maybe it was that aspect that if I had, I had other people around me that I could at any point jump in with that kind yeah. of enhanced the experience or gave me more of a reason to keep invested. But I, there was, there was something else to it. And I don't really, really remember Cause I don't remember the most about elder scrolls online outside of the time that I put into it. Um, I can't tell you what made that work or what made this one work currently. Sure. The only thing that I can say is with the many mods that I'm putting on the game, I know that the at the base level of the game, yeah. especially with how I'm trying to play it, yeah. I probably wouldn't end up enjoying. Correct. But that does not take away from the world building. Oh, no. no. The characters, 
I mean, that first the first Yardle that you move in that you that you talk to, yeah, he's a he's a fucking cool. I thought I thought he was fucking a dope character. You know what I'm saying? The interaction that you that you had. I mean, yeah, it's so it's so fucking kind of basic, and everybody sure. might have had that interaction, but it was just like okay, cool. And then the the interactions that follow after are super dope. Yeah. Needless to say, Starfield is doing things because Starfield is back in conversation this week too. Um with us getting some rumors about ID soft coming in to with uh, help out with the gunplay mechanics and everything. And again, gunplay mechanics. And that's something that again, apparently Redfall is still lacking in um, something I mentioned previously, but again, another game that previously arcane has not always been the strongest in that category. No. So no. it is what it is, but overall that's a different situation. But with this, I think the difference is, again, from what we've seen from the game, there is so much more attention to not only detail, but I think of the various ways to play. Sure. And I do think that the Bethesda and Todd have both looked at this since, you know, since Skyrim and said, all right, how do we truly evolve the experience? Mm -hmm. And I do think that that's something that at least Breath of the Wild is probably has at its advantage and it's that balancing the balancing the the gameplay with the world right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i do think that starfield is going to end up hitting that nail on the head because even from the gameplay that we saw previously if if the gunplay is much better than and what they, from what they're stating if it's leagues better than what it was previously i thought i thought the gunplay previously looked decent again it's it's a Bethesda game. It's gun mechanics. I'm not expecting it for it to be Halo or something else all of a no, sudden. No, 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 uh, no you know, but <laughs> even in third person when they were when they were playing it, it seemed okay. Like it didn't seem terrible. But if it's even better than that, yeah. I have a lot of hope. Along with the world building, um, again, making me feel I am somebody who likes space. So if you right. put something in space and you start right. saying that, hey, this is the this is the future. Let's let's look at space exploration. Oh, you could be a pirate. Oh, you could be Han Solo. Oh, you can create your ship. Oh, you can create bases. Oh, you got worlds to explore, and you still have a story. Yeah, yeah. Those are the things that do pique my interest about Starfield and why I don't say that. Oh, Bethesda games just aren't for me. They're boring. Mm -hmm. Because that's not the case. If that was, I wouldn't have spent that hundreds of hours I spent in Elder Scrolls Online. Right. That was before I even jumped into PvP. Right. Right. So there is some magic there, and I wanted to jump back into Skyrim uh, to kind of wrap this topic up, because I wanted to see why people consider the game so great, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, obviously, I cheated a little bit. <laughs> I cheated a lot. Um, and I played with mods. So again, no matter what, I'm still not getting that original experience. And I'm just hoping for Starfield that the gameplay mechanics, the loop, mm -hmm. really pulls me in. Right. Because I'm, I, I, I am, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say like I'm amping myself up, I'm overhyping myself for it. But because of games like Mass Effect, because of uh, games like Dragon's Dogma, for example, 
when you're able to blend different aspects together and fill it with a good gameplay loop. And again, I, you know, OCD says in the chat, well, you know, the combat's not the focus of yeah. uh, Bethesda games. Yep. I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I do think that there has been a focus on that, but it had, it was just slowed down. Right. Where you had vats, you, you know, I, I've watched my wife play, you know what I'm saying? The, I mean, the combat looked, I mean, sometimes it looked oversimplified in some, in some aspects, but in other aspects, when she got into the gunplay or whatever, she was shooting at somebody, she's lining up her shots and she's like, Oh, I'm going to shoot his leg off. And how much damage is going to do it? Oh, what kind of gun am I using? Oh, is it going to evaporate his leg with this gun or is it going to blow it off? Like that aspect of it too. And in the slow motion, it's like, they combine so many, it's like they're combining so many games together into one. It's going to be interesting in what they do in a game that is not going to have those mechanics in play. That does seemingly have a focus on pirating and shooting. And because again, like you could say that, oh, that's not Bethesda's focus. Obviously, it's the focus this time around because that's what they've shown us. They didn't show us, oh, look at this world and look at these conversations and look at these people. And no, they showed us some mining, some combat. It's kind of, they showed us what the adventure is supposed to look like. The best way that I can explain. You're on mute, Paul. God, I hate when I do it. It's a jack of all trades, right? right, right. It's a jack of all trades. And this one, like you said, Steel, is going to be, and I said this long ago, without vats. Because that was the whole thing. Because if you talk to people who played Fallout, sure, there are some people who say, no, the combat's fine. But there's a lot of people who say, well, without VATS, the gunplay is like... I mean, yeah, I, mean, good, I can see right? it. Right? It's like yeah. legit, like not very good. <laughs> right, right, right. So, not- so now that you are doing a Starfield, which won't have the advantage of having VATS as one of the mechanics, now you're talking about doing more of a Skyrim Elder Scrolls type combat system, obviously with guns, but that means there will be more focus on how do the guns handle? How are they unique to each one? Is there punch to those guns? The, the, that those questions will come into play in 2023. Now, like you said, steel, we're well beyond those, you know, early years where, you know, things that Bethesda were doing, um, you know, could be overlooked or people were just like, no, hey, they were, you know, this is what they, we're used they to, are. right? This is what we're used to. There is more emphasis now. And I'm not saying that that's what Bethesda is going to do, but if they did bring an id, which we'll talk about, it does make sense that they would do that because that gunplay is going to be more important this time around without an extra VAT system on overlaid on top of it. So, and, and the other thing I wanted to say to Steel is while you were talking there, the interesting thing is, cause you were talking about, how you're playing with 700 mods um, and that changes the experience versus what we get. Right. What's interesting about Bethesda games is this has always been the case. Right. Steel. There have been two sets of players. There have been the PC players that have access to the mods right. and there have been the console players where no. we didn't get anything. Or you're very okay? limited. Yeah. Very limited. Right. But you go back to oblivion. We got zero mods, right? We, right. you go back tomorrow with yeah, no, zero nothing, mods. Nothing. Right? You just had the game. Or, Right, we had the base game, but you still have people in both sets that consider Bethesda games the goats, right? And so there are people who have 
you said cheated. I don't call. It I don't. Cheating. Not PC, not cheating, it's but advantage. It's an advantage for PC. It's not the players. same experience. Access. Right, it's not the same experience. But you had people who got the base base experience that still love like the game. Me, love the games, right? Absolutely beloved. And you still got people on the PC side, so who yeah get the mods and they get the extra experience. Who also love that side of things. So there's a grand mix here, which shows the magic of Bethesda. Um, that it's not one side or the other who love the game. Right. Um, you don't necessarily have to have the mods to be a Bethesda fan or to think that they're the goats. So I think that's where the magic is found. And again, it's not going to be for everybody. These games aren't for everybody. And I am hoping that your experience with Starfield uh, is going to be that Bethesda title that pulls you in from day one uh, when there are limited mods or you're playing a console with no mods that you say, oh, okay, all right. Yeah, this is my type of game. Bethesda made my game. I get it now because I think you're going to have also the unique perspective steel because you just recently put a lot of hours into no man's sky, uh, which yeah. is a space adventure game minus that core story you know, narrative. Yeah. That, that core Making narrative. You that care kind of, about the universe. Right, right, right. right exactly. So it's going to be interesting because there are going to be differences, right? You, again, oh, yeah, we'll like, fly around in space, but we're not going to be able to control the, the you know the landing and, and that's not that's that not kind of it's not as right. grand as people try to make it seem right. anyway no uh, no it's not but it it is a different experience so you're going to yeah, have that unique perspective as somebody who's recently played it so i can't wait man i i really hope this is the one again if it winds up not being it you just that's okay that's yeah i mean that, i mean it is what it is um that'll be okay too but i mean uh I, I do think that it does speak to the conversation of why people are I keep saying that, oh, well, this one, this Bethesda game, it needs to hit. It has to hit. Um, but it, again, like OCD Gamer mentioned, um, you know, he says, hey, well, I play the Bethesda games for the exploring in the story. Yeah. And yeah. in that aspect, that's me. OCD. I think this game, I think the game, this game made me realize that these types of games have to do the combat right for me also to have right. me super invested. It's not just about customization. It's not just about um, story. It's not just about, uh, you know, being able to explore. Because that's the other thing in Skyrim that's also kind of limited. It's like, you can't climb on anything. So it's like, I'm I'm like, you can't jump multiple, bro. I was trying to jump on shit, um, like climb over rocks and shit. Bro, that's the the famous, well, okay. I don't know where you were at, what you were doing. Yes, there are certain areas. But that was like one of the fun parts about Skyrim was finding the weak points in the mountain that you could go where you weren't supposed to be able to go by jumping. Maybe Man, maybe it was the mods that pre- prevented else. from prevented it. But maybe. I would like I would get into a certain like I'm talking, bro. I know the kind of mountains you're talking about, Pong. Oh like, yeah, I, I'm, oh, I'm yeah, about yeah, yeah. that. I do that shit in Zelda all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, I was doing that shit in Breath. I do that in fucking every open world, yeah. regardless. If I can right. go up the mountain, I'm going up the mountain. Um, especially right. if it, if you l- give me the mechanics to be able to do so, whether that's jumping yeah. or whatever, we figure it forced. out. Forced, yeah, I'm gonna force my way up this fucking mountain. <laughs> I want to see what's up here. Um, <laughs> right. I tried to take that same approach, and it was just like maybe it was the mods, but it was it was like I would try to jump multiple times. He would jump the one time, and then if I wasn't at a certain angle, he wouldn't jump again. Yeah. Like, oh no, there's plenty of that. Again, it, it's it's. <laughs> It's a skill, bro. I was like, I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what the fuck is going on in this damn game? I was like, yeah. this is like the easiest little angle I should be able to get up, and he's not no, doing it multiple no, times. No, no. Um, so it's, there was that. It's fun. It's fun. Oh, and I, this, 
OCD but, again. I've already said I'm I'm already going to be day one on software. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah, try. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna jump in. Steel's again. gonna be there. Steel's gonna be there. It, Cre- Creation Engine Two. Uh, this will be the first game out with their new engine, uh, with their updated engine. Um, and it's gonna be interesting to see what changes, um, and what stays. Right. That's gonna be another cool part is to see how it's evolved, what new mechanics they've put in. Does it have the same feel as the old Bethesda titles? Does it change? It's going to be really interesting. It's yeah. Going to be really interesting. No, and 100%. And this isn't about wrong opinions, but I wanted to come on here because, again, Skyrim is a renowned game. Like, everybody knows what, what, what Skyrim is for the most part. Um, and for Bethesda title, especially with Starfield beginning in the conversation again this week, uh, again, with the rumor that IDSoft, um, and this is coming directly from Idle Sloth, Rumor ID Software working closely with Bethesda to overhaul Starfield combat since last August. That's August 2022. Um, the combat is vastly better state than it was during the Xbox showcase. Um, and this is supposed to be a major grain of salt. Again, with when you have things like that put out there like that, you have me that's jumping into Skyrim, just trying to give it a shot. And again, I paid $30 for this game um, to get the anniversary edition and everything. Um, I, I wanted to get all the content so I could play it in its best light and do and do everything. And again, I do still find myself sitting here saying that, hey, maybe I should keep, like, I've downloaded and uninstalled this game five times. I'm talking about the 500 plus mods every time. Yeah. Uninstall and reinstall. Of course, it's the one click. I'm not doing it like, right, right. you know, <laughs> Picking every picking and choosing, but it still takes time, right? It takes about thirty minutes to an hour to me to get everything back up and running. And I've done this five times in a row. I'll say the the first two times I was having issues with the mods and shit, giving me issues. Um, I was also trying to play the game a certain way because I'll be honest and say that like Souls titles have kind of ruined me in that in third person gameplay. I expect to be able to approach, you know combat situations a certain way back up from the enemy you know where if my back facing you know walking backwards like this shimmying a little bit um you know timing the <laughs> timing the attacks and you yeah. know moving around using the the space that i'm in to to line that up and in this it's like nah if you don't have a fucking shield you're probably gonna get wrecked oh yeah, yeah. you're probably gonna get fucking you're gonna get wrecked and again it's just there's a lot into it and it's still even now I'm I'm sitting here thinking like maybe I should try it again. Maybe maybe just download everything. Maybe I should just keep playing. And that enough tells me that the power of what the world building does and what good character development can do for a game. Yeah. Because that's what's it's it's right there. I wouldn't have done it five times if that wasn't the case. Every time I'm, I put it down because of the combat, it's like ah, I just I, I can't do this. And then I'm th- I go somewhere, I'm picking up the daughter from school or whatever, and I'm thinking about it like, I don't know, maybe it was just a mod that I just wasn't working right, and maybe I'll just adjust some things, and I'll, I'll jump back in. Then, boom, I'm back in it for two or three hours, just lost in the world. That if I fucking just, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this mission? Oh, there's some people over here I can fight. Now I'm trying to mess with the combat mechanics again, and it's showing me that it's like, hey, this game is kind of dated, man. Even with these mods, it's not where where you would like it so 
hey, just just uh, just uninstall it, step away. There's other games, especially with the time investment, because it's it's not it's not like it's a small game either. I can easily see how this is a hundred hour experience, and that's not even you touching the surface, oh. especially with all the additional content that they have in that game now. Um, with exp- how expansive that world is, I think that's what makes Zelda such an approachable game. Because at yeah. the end of the day, it's not a um, yes, Zelda doesn't hold your hand um, the same way Skyrim doesn't hold, necessarily hold your hand. Like, yeah, you have a mission, but there's also not so much vastness. Like, you know, at a point in Zelda, it doesn't take long for you to understand, oh, this is this shop, this is this. Or if I need to go get some more food, I got to go do get these foods. Or I can kind of eat these. They give me back my hearts. In Skyrim, it's like, yeah, you got these foods, but you're probably going to need to cook them. You can get more health um or you're gonna need more money so you can get some more items so that you can make sure that you have these things in your inventory so that when you do go to cook you have the ingredients you need there's some of that in Zelda, but it's not as tedious so i can understand why like people are using zelda as that oh this is life-changing and i've never experienced a game like this no you have it just was too much for you. And Zelda puts it in, in a way, and again, this speaks to game design and you as a game director knowing how to accomplish your goal. And also just also speaks to how different devs approach a game or that similar game style and how it works for different people. The Skyrim is an everlasting game. It's just different visions, yeah. For, for an example, right? Yeah, yeah. Zelda is kind of like, after a couple of years, you've kind of seen it all, done it all, right? Yeah, you might have some people that go hard. They're doing some trick shots, blowing themselves up and shooting each other yeah. across the map and stuff like that. But Skyrim is just like yeah. 10 years later from Skyrim, people are showing you stuff that, that you probably haven't seen before. You're like, damn, I played that shit for 500 hours. Nope. You said in, in a thousand hours, you in your other 500 hours, you saw these things? Damn, yeah. maybe I should yeah. jump back in. Right. It does that it's for just, people. Again, Mixing a couple different topics in there, but I wanted to bring it to the table um, because I do feel like it does touch on a bit of everything and they all have something to do with each other because people are out here now again with Zelda saying that, hey, this is the greatest game ever made, um, regardless of regardless of visuals, uh, regardless of anything else, uh, the gameplay itself, you know, these open world survivor mechanics, it just makes me it makes me want to explore. I mean, this, there are other games that have done that. There's a lot of games. And, and, and do it well. But sure. I, again, I can't knock that on Zelda because it does. And again, I'm playing through Breath of the Wild currently also. I, I see it. It does make it more palatable. Makes it like, oh, yeah, you, you feel like you're moving. Where in a game like Skyrim, it's like, it's minimal progression. Yeah, you do a mission, it's like... This is probably one mission out of a million. Fuck. What else can I do? Then you see these uh, mission boards. I got like a hundred missions there. And it's like, bro, there's so much to do in this goddamn game. So it's it's just one of those things. And with so many different games, uh, especially releasing for uh, around each other, um, in that conversation, the game of the year being on the forefront also, Again, I wanted to bring Skyrim to the forefront because this is my first time ever playing it, uh, really giving it a shot. Previous times, I got through that like that intro section or whatever. Um, 
with the dragon, and then that was it. I never played further than that, really. Uh, so this is like my first time giving it on a shot, and I put about 15 hours into the game. Like that's me playing the game, not just you know yeah. booting it up, shutting it down, tweaking. No, that's that was that's me playing it. Um, am you bringing my information and uh, my experience to the table and saying, hey, from the news that we've gotten from Starfield this week, this is kind of what I what I'm now expecting. This is how it's kind of changed how I'm looking at Starfield maybe a little bit. Um, this is, and this is what I want to see from Starfield. Um, and then also how, because again, apparently Zelda demonstrates why Starfield will never be in the game of the year conversation. I saw that too uh, this week. But I, and I, so I wanted to get another aspect of why and how some people may say these things. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. Again, um, I, 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 w- I wanted to see if I was tripping about Skyrim. Or they kind of got convoluted with other topics too, but I did feel like the different things did touch on each other um, as we moved through the conversation. So my that's, fault. Um, no, but any, 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 any particulars that, you, that you'd like to pull out of that, Paul? No, um, no, out of the Starfield and... Yeah, it's part thing. of the conversation. This is what we do here, right? So we take it in different directions and you don't get this kind of conversation everywhere else. And it's, it's about perspective. And that's why I think it is interesting and fascinating when you bring this up because you come from a totally different place uh, to a lot of people. I, I, I think that Zelda... Listen, Zelda is a much more controlled experience, like you said. Yes, it has the open world. Yes, it has the exploration. Again, I will never know because I will never touch it. I just have zero interest. The characters don't interest me. The story doesn't interest me. Nothing about that game interests me whatsoever. And I can find it, like you said, Steel. I can find the exploration. I can find the open world. I can find the survival. I can find the crafting in, a, in hundreds of other games now. Like, there's just, like, that's just me. And so I come from that perspective. But for the for for people for certain individuals and there're going to be certain individuals who like your elder scrolls who like your fallouts and also like Zelda of course but it is a much more controlled experience from the aspect like you said steel it is a smaller overall experience even though i've heard that tears of the kingdom is much bigger because they have an underworld now um, yeah, on top of the like Elden world and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, like 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 Elder Scrolls. Oh, right? Elden Ring. Like Elder no, there's an underground level. There's, there's an underground a, too. There's, there's, there's Elden Ring and there's there. and there's underground in in Elder Scrolls as well. There's huge, <laughs> massive complexes no, underground. Right? No, no, so, Zelda's so, only game so, that's ever done that. But no, but like you're saying, for the people who can get overwhelmed when they look at something like Elder Scrolls, listen, it's up to that's the whole magic part about bethesda games for me personally the experience is what you want it to be it is how you want to play the game you can play the game you don't have to touch the main line forever if you don't want to you don't have to you can sit and just travel and hunt and hunt down dragons if you want to all damn day like that's like the part of the experience and zelda gives that to you just in smaller portions like you said from everything i've read it doesn't handheld it kind of gives you a general sense of direction, mm-hmm. but then lets you go decide how you're going to complete that mission yeah. or get over to that point in the world. That's very similar to Skyrim. That's very similar to Fallout. Like, hey, we're giving you this whole open world. This is what a sandbox is. You go do what you want to do to get to that next point. But Zelda does have a very strong narrative attached to it 
with a very strong sense of like, hey, I need, I need or I want to progress this yes. at a certain point where Elder Scrolls, Fallout's, Bethesda titles, it's they give you that open. they yeah they give you that, but you don't like you can play for a hundred hours and never feel like you need to go touch any mainline mission like you just I'm just enjoying myself out here in the open world. I found one yeah I found five hundred other side missions that I'm gonna go do like it's up to you more so in that in that way let me, so, get, let me give this to let me let me get let me give this yeah. to you paul i think skyrim is more enjoyable to play than witcher 3 is right in third person right i mean maybe that's a hot take but i mean again no, it's different experience. I, I have literally had a had more enjoyment from playing skyrim with mods of right. course than I ever did with Witcher 3. And I played right. Witcher 3 collectively. I started it over yeah. three or four times, and I have about yeah. almost 10 hours in the game overall. And I got more time in Witcher 3, and I still can't. It still doesn't click the but way like, that I want to click. Like I, so I said, this like, last time it did click more, but no, it's a totally different experience, and I get what you're saying, Steel. It's, yeah. So it's like there's there's something there where it's just like, oh, it, like it's just not story. It's just not this. So it's no. just not that and i think that's what adds so much vastness to this conversation right what makes it so interesting and why i wanted to talk about it it's like because everybody feels differently about this and like how how they view it is different and what makes it enjoyable is different uh but then also talking through it and you're kind of like understanding what made points hit for you as a gamer um and what works in for some games and what doesn't work in other games and how that there is still that weird, that gray area that we always talk about that people don't ever want to acknowledge. Well, acknowledge or it's just really tough to talk about because you right. can't put your finger on a certain aspect. I don't know why, Steel. Again, if you ran down what The Witcher offers, I would say that's a game that is going to be an absolute goat for me, right? If you yeah. just ran it down from the basics without handing me the controller, without anything, I would say, damn, that's got the potential to be a goat for me right but when i hop into the game and like i said the last experience with the quality of life stuff that they did with yeah the, it, made with a the current gen, it made a difference but it still did not pull me in but then you have the same dev and why why i'm piggybacking off of you with the witcher 3 because it's a, it's a good point but you've got the same dev who goes and does a game like Cyberpunk 2077. Oh, Cyberpunk great. It's a great Cyber, game. But, but, that's a fucking but, great game. Right, but that's the difference, right, Steel? Cyberpunk fell more in line with Bethesda Sandbox than The Witcher 3 obviously does because The Witcher 3 wasn't trying to be that game, but it fell more in line because I found myself just driving around, Steel, in Cyberpunk, taking in the scenery, just hanging out, taking yeah. pictures, yeah, doing a, side missions. Had a good right? narrative just, too. Uh, yeah, it had a great narrative, but just experiencing the world like I do when I play a Bethesda title. Right. And guess what? Cyberpunk 2077 is a go for me, right? It's a top 10 all time. Yeah, right? me too. But that's what I'm like saying. It. Like, it's crazy. Really good game. But that's the difference, right? That's the difference experiences. But then I can also say, right, Mass Effect which was more Witcher 3-like than it was Bethesda-like. Yeah. It was a more controlled narrative. Ma- Mass right? Effect is 10 times better Witcher than Witcher 3, 3 ever world. Be. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sitting here talking about that Witcher 3 is an open world. It is open world. You can go anywhere and you can do whatever the hell you please. But it's not sandboxy to me on the level of Bethesda. Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is it's not like I have a, 
it's not like I don't like that style of game because I can go play a Mass Effect and say a Mass Effect is a goat all time for me as well. And it's a much more controlled, narrative-driven game that brings you from point A to point B. Yes, there are certain areas where you can go to explore and do that kind of stuff, but it's much more focused than an open-world Bethesda RPG right. is. And I loved it. I absolutely loved the entire trilogy, right? right. So it's just that gray area that we talk about, Steel, is that part that makes the experience unique for every gamer and why... We continuously say there is no one game that every single gamer plays. So when people no, come at us yeah. and say, oh, if you don't like Spider-Man, if you don't like God of War, if you don't like that Sony type of game, you're not a real gamer. Well, or you're not that you're not this. You're not that. And it's obvious when you right. have at least a 90 million hardcore base right. um, out of 140, right. 50 million consoles. And even now, um, when the sales aren't matching yeah. what Nintendo yeah, yeah, does, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, like Nintendo games are the only ones where maybe you have a lot of people that are very familiar. Yeah. Eastside Vandal, yeah. he 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 asked, "Still, have you oh, played Dragon, Dragon Age yeah. Origins? Origins?" No, yeah. I have never played Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, I haven't played any of the Dragon Age games. Right. Um, I was actually I was interested in trying Inquisition, yeah, and I never I I, I never played it. That was, a, that was like the last one that I was like, man, maybe I should try this game out, and I never played it. So, no, um, I mean, again, if you're making a recommendation, make, uh, definitely make a recommendation. Because, uh, again, I like those style of games, but I also know what I like as a gamer. And because of time, more so than anything else, it takes a lot, especially in today's era, um, with how games have kind of moved forward and whatnot, um, different aspects to games. It takes a lot for a game to pull my attention and for me to put it in my main rotation, right? Because as great, as good as I think Skyrim is, I can be honest and say I'm not willing to put more time in to get used to playing the game. I can see how it would be enjoyable. And again, I wouldn't have reinstalled it and went back to it as many times as I have. And I think that speaks leagues and bounds or me still even thinking about it now speaks leaks, leaps and bounds more than anything else does. Again, I think me stating that I had more of an enjoyment out of Skyrim than me playing Witcher three speaks leaps and bounds for me, but it may not for other people. Some people probably not going to get that and that's fine. Um, but a lot of it is, it, it is a time thing and I am willing to uh, make certain sacrifices if, if that's the case and I'll just miss out on an experience, but I'm not going to just sit here and say all of a sudden the game is trash or that, Oh, without these mods, uh, the game is, is, is garbage and I don't see how anybody could have played this. No, I, I, I get it. So, um, but it's just one of those things. I am muted. God damn. I swear to Christ. Sometimes I just do it uh, unconsciously. Um, no, I, I think it's an interesting discussion for sure. Steel. And I think Starfield is going to be a, however it comes out, it doesn't matter whether it shows up and it hits nine, mid nineties to high nineties. It doesn't matter if it shows up and it's and it's high seventies, low eighties. Yeah, there's there's going to be a bigger discussion here about what it means because there are still going to be people like me that I again I could see myself if this shows up and it's high seventies because the critics nitpick it apart and they find all these things wrong with it. I'm still going to go yeah. in this game and probably love the hell out of it. 
right? I mean, and again, I, it's, it's going to be my Bethesda game. It was the right? same it, thing with Cyberpunk. Right, Everybody right, said they literally right. hated the game, right. and we were sitting here a week after we beat it. Like, damn, yeah. this is this is a great fucking game. Oh yeah, no, I, I still think played. I still think about <laughs> Cyberpunk. I still think about Cyberpunk. No, to I this do day. Yeah. I do. There are times. Um, bring back Jackie. Um, listen, I just I. It's going to be a point of of contention no matter what with Starfield because you're going to have this nitpicking. You're going to have the microscope on it. It is an extremely important release for Xbox and an extremely important release for Bethesda and for Todd coming off of, again, people forget because, again, we mix up Fallout 76, but to the masses, Fallout 76 will be associated with Bethesda forever. And because of that, there are people questioning whether or not Bethesda still has the magic and whether or not Bethesda has a place in 2023 gaming. So do I. Oh, obviously, beyond. you know, my, you know, there, my. there are, there is literally no other game that approaches world building the way that Bethesda does. Right, right, right. And, and I agree God, with just... that. But, but as we see steel, as we experience. see you, as we see steel with breath of the wild, which came out after, and with, you know, again, games, people forget that Bethesda two times have had a one of their games launch when a Zelda game has launched and has beat it for game of the year. So it has happened, folks, where Bethesda has overcome the Zelda love and wound up beating it. Yeah. Now, one of them was Skyward Sword, right, obviously, but that scored 95. People look back at that game now and say, eh, it probably wasn't as good as we all thought it was. But at the time, it was still was a Zelda game of the year quality release for the for the majority, for the crit, for the critics. They right. gave it a 95. And Skyrim came along and beat it, right? Um, so, or was it Fallout 4? One of the two. I can't remember which one it was. I always forget it. But anyways, the point being is, is that Bethesda here has a lot riding on this. Xbox has a lot riding on yeah. Starfield. The fact that we now have word that other teams have come in and helped. And, you know, I will say behind the scenes, Idlesoft put this out there because it came from 4chan, said take it with a grain of salt. I will say behind the scenes, we got some smoke confirmation that this is probably more than true. That they have had multiple teams come in and work on Starfield. Not like just like, hey, we're just going to kind of, we're going to kind of, um, you know, advise you like that. Like we kind of heard it did with arcane and with Redfall, but there have been teams in there from a while ago working on Starfield. Another thing too, to work on things. So we're going to see another thing too, Paul, I don't mean to interrupt, but is that ID has been done with doom for a while. Yes. And they, we literally, they literally said that this final doom DLC was it for them for doom for doom. For the foreseeable future. And they do have a big team. And they're not currently doing anything that we know of. Right. The other thing, too, is because I've seen people talk about ID like it's Xbox sending ID over. And ID is part of ZeniMax, which is directly right neighbored to but th- like they're literally in house so it's like this is this isn't oh xbox had to make a call or microsoft had to make a call no they were probably already like todd probably stepped into and see what they were doing said hey you guys are done with doom you got starfield over here how about you guys come see well you know come yeah. work with us you guys ain't got much else going on currently 
uh, we bring some guys over. You guys, you know, put your talents in this so we can make this game really unique. And maybe they saw a breakthrough um, in something, in some gameplay mechanic in August, which is why it got delayed. And they wanted to implement it. It was like, okay, yeah, let's 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 get this done. Let's get it refined. Again, got to go off of rumors. But when you have so many talented devs, and I know this, they said the same thing with uh, with Redfall, but oh yeah, the ID came in with Redfall, and I can see how they probably had some hands in that. But I do think in Starfield, again, yeah. I don't think it's just a because people are like, oh well, it has to be make a break for Xbox. Honestly, no. I think Starfield was a make a break for Bethesda overall. Um, I don't think yeah, that they would have delayed it past last year if it would if it were no. them by themselves. No. Uh, so that would have probably added on to their bug Thesda, um, kind of conversation. There would have been some things to work through, but I do think because of Xbox and because they were able to get the delay in there, yeah, this will definitely be a. I'm not again not expecting for it to be perfect. In the way that people downplay them, oh, you you expect the game to be perfect? You're gonna have bugs, and it's like, okay, but you say bugs like they're gonna be like your typical bugs that you expect in other games. Like, yeah. no, like an NPC running into a wall that happens, man. Like, especially in a game that's using so much goddamn code with scope. everything in the scope of it, it yeah. to be as massive as it is. And people say, oh, well, that, that's an excuse. You can't use scope as an excuse for what? The game has bugs. That's like, okay. But but we also, but you guys are the same ones. I want to say that, oh, people don't understand game design. Right. Oh, okay. But you the same one that don't understand. Oh, well, we, we, you should give these 60 frames. Mm-hmm. You don't understand why we can't get 60 frames. Right. It's... There's, there's a lot. There, there is a lot that's riding on this, and I do, and I do think they're putting their best foot forward. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Wow, that was a hell of a intro there, Steel. Yeah, man, we were getting the conversation again. That's, <laughs> but that's why I was also trying to tie in some of those other things. Um, or I didn't accidentally tie in some of the other things, but yeah. because they did play into the conversation, which is why I wanted to get your opinion um, mm-hmm. on, like, you know, the whole Zelda situation. How people, yeah, that. Um, and then also uh, with this rumor about Starfield having maybe some enhanced uh, combat mechanics. Because again, I mean, I know traditionally um, that might have not been the focus for most people for Bethesda games, but it would be kind of... It's different now. I, 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 think, I think things are different now, and Todd understands that things are different now. Yes. And you do have to... If you're able to, if you've been able to collectively hit your world building and your character development in every game that you put out and the weakest part of your game is combat, Mm -hmm. it only makes sense in your brand new IP that this is the, this is where you blend everything together finally, right? Where it's just like, this is the game where people are going to say, damn, well, Bethesda has a little bit of fucking everything. Got some third, got the combat's good. The third person combat feels good. First person combat feels great. Uh, the exploration is bar none. Character development is some of the greatest since Mass Effect. And you know, there's have there's these different conversations going on. That's what I am anticipating, and maybe that's too much hype on the game itself. But I'm only basing that off of. The only other area that I can really see them grow at, right? 
and that is in the combat side of things. So I can, that's why I'm kind of saying, I kind of do feel like there is more than just a rumor to this. Again, especially with ID being in-house, their neighbors are right there working next to side by side to each other. I think there's a lot, there's definitely a lot more truth. Yep. Most may get. 100%. And we're months away from finding out. I can't, June 11th is going to tell us a lot too. Yeah, no, I'm it sure. is. We'll we need to get out. our hand. We need to get our hands on it, but we're going to see a lot more on June 11th than we have, um, and hear a lot more, and that's going to really give us a good look at the direction uh, where they're going. Um, like you said, Steele, it's a valid conversation to have uh, yeah. in 2023. Again, it's not the old days. Uh, some of us live in that nostalgia. Some of us still, you know, again, I don't have a problem going back and playing old games, um, right. you know, whatsoever. I take them for what there is. But again, in 2023, when you're putting out a brand new IP the first time in over 20 years uh and you are considered one of the best world building developers out there if not the best you have a very unique approach to the sandbox how are you going to elevate that in 2023 and like you said shoring up some of the weaknesses again they don't have to become strengths overnight yeah, no they don't but, have to, but, yeah. but 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 the allowances given to you you know 10 15 20 years ago in in games when you were pushing the envelope you got to kind of shore those up and make them good and then take everything else you were trying to do and push the envelope again in all your strengths. And I think that that's what's going to be interesting to see if Bethesda can do that. Now. Yeah, because so, the other thing yeah. to consider too, Paul, is this game isn't going to have magic in it. This no. game isn't going to have no. all these other healing and fire and, and lightning and like you could do in oh. Skyrim or traditionally in, or in other games or even Fallout where you have the other, the other vast system, which is why, again, I'm iterating the whole combat side of it because, yeah. I mean, yeah, you could say Fallout's more focused on exploring and character character uh development or whatever but at the same point like still gotta shoot shit you still gotta you, <laughs> you can't avoid it <laughs> you're gonna do this and this for sure yeah, you're bringing so. back some of the older school rpg elements which is what a lot of people thought were missing from fallout 4 so um that's yeah it's gonna be really interesting well nice. yeah with so. that i think um this is gonna be a perfect opportunity for us to get into our upcoming games it is <laughs> It is. Uh, let's see what we got releasing here. Um, this, is, this is so funny. Got some things for people. Um, I will say as I'm getting this set up, um, the only other game that I was playing is the game that you see uh, right here on screen, and that is uh, Punishing Grey Raven. Uh, I do want to talk about a little bit about that. I got carried away with talking about Starfield and Zelda and uh, Skyrim. <laughs> and Skyrim. Um, having just a conducive conversation. I thought it was a great, I thought we were having a great combo, but uh, Punishing Great Raven is a game that is currently only available on mobile. I got accepted into the early access for PC. So that's where I've been playing it at. And God, and man, do I, the combat in this game is bar none. Um, the only, it reminds me a lot of Scarlet Nexus uh, without the, um, let's say, without the missions being as long. Right, that's the only thing that Punishing Great Raven is missing because it does have those gotcha mechanics. Because it did start off as a mobile game, uh, more so, I guess it's supposed to be played in certain spurts. Whatever the case, that's how they have it set up. Now, since it released, they have added other gameplay mechanics to it. Um, so there are other modes that you can dive in and really have some time in. Um, no, uh, Punishing Grey Raven is not made by the same devs that made Genshin Impact. Uh, matter of fact, um, the developer for and publisher, the developer is Guangzhou Kuro, also uh, Kuro Technology, and then the publisher is also Kuro. So 
Pro Games and is made in the Unity engine. Um, these are the same people who are making Weathering Waves, which is another gotcha type game. A lot of people are comparing it to Genshin Impact. Um, but it, Weathering Waves has the biggest thing difference between Genshin and a game like this, for an example, or Weathering Waves that's coming to release, um, that's currently in closed beta, um, is the combat. These games have much more involved combat, more akin to like a Devil May Cry. Um, versus I still think it's a it's not gonna say dumbed down, um, but it's more refined and even more easier to understand. Like for an example, in Punishing Grey Raven. The combat mechanics, how they essentially work, like you have your basic attacks and you have your um, your special abilities, but you also have other abilities that you can trigger through a mechanic. The best way that I can compare it to is like Bejeweled, where if you match certain, um, like let's say you have you have red elements, you have yellow elements, you have blue elements. Now don't think that, that, that that's fire, lightning, and earth. Don't think of it that way. I'm only using the elements because it's the best way to break it down. But what happens is, is that the different elements will come up on your timeline. You might be able to see a little bit in my gameplay here. But let's say you get a red, yellow, and blue ability, right? What you want is you want to get three of the same color abilities together, and it allows you to do your other special ability. And each color has its own special ability. But you have to match, like, you, of course, you could do the ability on its own, right? But when you match three of them together, kind of like you do in Bejeweled or a Tetris, for an example, it clears the line, condenses the line, and then also that ability ends up doing more damage. So you're constantly in this dance, the best way that I, I can use, compare it, to where you're keeping up with... Um, because the, the other thing, too, is that the combat has a dodge mechanic, which is why I compared it to Scarlet Nexus, where it slows down time. Now, you can't do this repetitively, and also uh, the dodge mechanic does have a limit to them. So it forces you, well, it wants you to swap characters because each character has a reset dodge cooldown, and the characters all have different abilities. So it's like you're doing this whole team play mechanic, kind of like how you would see in typical JRPGs where um, like a Tale series or like in Scarlet Nexus where you're using your team, you're doing the different abilities, very similar to that, but it's also taking like basic games like a Bejeweled and adding the uh, those combo multipliers and adding the effects and the extra bonus damage and making, it, making that power creep or um, the abilities feel very unique. Um, it's a game that I'm hoping does come to console at some point soon. These are some more of the games that I do think that we need to get on console because they would do extremely well on console. And I'm not just talking about like Genshin only being restricted to PlayStation 4. I'm talking about you need to be putting these games everywhere just because it's more of a, it's a mobile game. And yo, there are so many console players who would love to play this style of game just because of the combat mechanics by themselves. And I'll be honest, like the combat mechanics was the first thing that like, of course, carries me in this game, but the story really feels something akin to a near, uh, near Tomado or near replicant or though, or that IP overall, because you do have that aspect of, Hey, um, something came down, humanity's messed up. We had to leave earth. 
androids were created and now you the commandant are the human controlling your android team and then they use waifus and uh husbandos or whatever they, whether they call it, whatever they call them they use these cute looking characters or whatever as a um as part of the gotcha mechanic to get you pulled now that doesn't work on me i do like good looking characters um i wish it was more customizable that's the only negative for me uh like colors and things of that nature but for a gotcha game this is definitely one that has pulled my attention um in all the right ways and again i'm in the um early access for the pc client um i was one of six thousand to get accepted so interesting that's why that's that's what that's what i've been doing with sounds that. pretty cool i like it it's, it is really dope especially for an anime-esque game um i i think a lot of people would like really like playing um, I hope, I hope that it ends up coming to more platforms. Let's see how well it does on PC from what I've seen in the, in the reddits and the YouTube comments and whatnot. It's one of the main things that a lot of people stopped playing the game on mobile. Cause it was just like, man, I don't have, maybe they didn't have the greatest phone or, um, cause it can be a demanded game. Um, you got different options or whatever, but because it is bro, I, I played this game through a PC client, uh, well through the, um, the mobile like an emulator basically for mobile um, on PC. And yes, I was getting better performance, but it's nothing in comparison to the straight up PC client for the game. It right. feels completely different. Um, so yeah, there's that. That's what I've been into this week. Hopefully you guys enjoy the gameplay. If you do, uh, let me know in the comments below. And for those listening on the audio side of things, come check us out on YouTube, man. Uh, Punishing Gray Raven or check, check PGR out on YouTube. See if it's something for you. And again, I know some people are like, oh, loot boxes and gotcha mechanics and rolling for characters. And look, this is probably one of the best ways to fight your FOMO. That's uh, something that me and Pong have been talking about here uh, mo on multiple occasions. You want to you want to really put your put your metal to the test and fight FOMO. Put yourself in a gotcha game and see how see how well you can do with fighting FOMO. Because um, <laughs> they they definitely play true. Train that willpower. Yeah, let's go exactly. And we should as gamers. Not, not, not. <laughs> uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into these upcoming games. Sir, yes, sir. I'm ready to rock and roll. Let me know when you are, Steel. You ready? Uh, shortlist. Shortlist this week. Shortlist. Short yeah. Let's get it rock and roll. All right. So we are coming up on week of the 15th of May. Uh, and we're going to start out with one that I wish was coming to Xbox, but it's not. Uh, this is a game that we saw last year, late last year, I think. Uh, maybe early this year. God, time flies. Anyways, Humanity. Uh, nice little indie title. Uh, okay well, yeah you are, we saw that this year at yes. the VR. was it was, um, it was it this year mm -hmm. okay uh well you're a little spirit dog uh and you are leading large groups of humans in lemmings like fashion through puzzle levels uh that also yes it looks very interesting um and uh you have to kind of navigate let lead these large groups of, of people uh through these puzzles um, without losing too many of them. You wind up also meeting enemies, of course, and there are obviously traps that you have to avoid. Uh, and this was the one for, if you're trying to trigger your memory, um, if you did see it, this is the one where all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is a cool little puzzle game, blah, blah, blah. You know, I kind of get the concept, lemmings, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden you started meeting shadow people that were enemies that could change, uh, you know, your other people if they touched. Right into shadow people and then we got to see that all of a sudden it was jedi on sith battle out of the blue yeah, where yeah, your human that. beings 
all of a sudden had, you know, blue lightsaber like devices and the shadow people had red lightsaber like devices. And all of a sudden there was mass battles going on. It was like, went from this cute little puzzle game to a wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. We've got freaking Braveheart going on here. What the hell is happening? Like, this is crazy. Um, but it's coming to PlayStation 5, uh, PlayStation VR 2, PlayStation 4, VR 1, and PC. Uh, developed by the the LTD, published by Enhanced Games. That's dropping May the 16th. So go check that out if you guys have the opportunity uh, to play on one of those. I would recommend looking at this game because, I again, I wish it was coming to Xbox. And then we got one. It's got to come to console. Eventually, Steel. Uh, right now, it's going to be PC only. May 17th. It's got to come to console. This game is made for console when it comes to multiplayer um, aspects. But a beloved IP. And again, this IP is underutilized in my opinion. Yes, there are some PC games out there. I'd love to see some stuff come to console eventually. But Starship Troopers Extermination. Love Starship Troopers. One of the best. I mean, again. B campy sci-fi flicks that turn out Starship to be Troopers, an absolutely beloved bro. It's so good. I love Starship it's, Troopers. It's beyond good. Uh, do you want to know more? Uh, absolutely love Starship Troopers. Uh, and this extermination looks fun as hell. I mean, again, it is what it is. It's not trying to be anything more than it is. First person uh, shooter um, where you're killing bugs. Uh, so give it to me nonstop. PC uh, developed by Offworld Industries. Published by Sony Pictures. It's a 12-player co-op game. 12-player co-op. Yep. Yep. Crazy. Give me give me tactical nukes. Let's go get some bugs, man. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm all it's so, it's so great. It's, camp, so, it's so bad. It's, so it's, it's great. Uh, it's great. Firmament is coming to PC and Mac. Coming, This will be coming to PlayStation 5, VR 2, and PlayStation 4 at a later date. Whoa. It says to be announced. Uh, this is an adventure puzzle game. So I'm not, I, you say you say you're firm, permanent, permanent. Whoa, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, no, not 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 what you think. Ah, okay, my fault. Uh, I said developed by Cayenne. <laughs> uh, incorporated, Pepper? published by Cayenne. Yes, yes, Cayenne okay. for some people. It's, okay, how you like to pronounce it? I pronounce it Cayenne. Um, and then we got the Outlast Trials coming to PC. Yes, uh, a lot of people are into Outlast. Me. You know, again, we don't do dark horror things. So Outlast was never one of my things. I tried, actually, one of the Outlasts had to have the sound completely off. Literally, I had the sound completely off. So all I could see was the screen because I couldn't deal with the uh, with the, the sound effects in it. Uh, this is coming to PC. This is up to four players. So this is, seems like a little, I don't know if it's co-op. I think it's got to be co-op, right, Steel? Uh, developed by Red Barrels, published by Red Barrels, in the Outlast, the Outlast Trials, um, coming to PC. Oh, um, uh, yeah, it says one to four players. I, I'd yeah. imagine it is. I, I'm not playing that shit. Nope. Um, anything that has nope. the name Outlast, I, is it Outlast or Outcast? Whatever the game, scary Outlast. game. Is Outlast. it Outlast? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I'm cool. I'm not playing that. Um, and then, Steel, one that you were interested in. This is going to wind up in a week. I'm not, uh, I mean, it looks fun and it looks cool but uh lego 2k drive coming to playstation 5 xbox series playstation 4 xbox one switch pc uh basically lego horizon uh is what this is except you got boats planes you can transform on the go uh you can build you know vehicles ex exactly what you expect out of lego i know steel you thought you were gonna maybe hop into this what do you think um i don't know if i'm gonna end up purchasing the game yeah. um i don't know yet 
Well, I see. I have seen some gameplay, and it does look good. Again, yeah. uh, for a Mario Kart esque game, the biggest reason that I was interested in it is because the Lego, uh, the Lego racing game on Nintendo sixty four uh, was yeah. one of my most favorite racing game. games of all time. Um, like I, I like that game way better than I ever liked Mario Kart. Um, to be quite honest, uh, the way that they balance the uh, the vehicles and allowing you to kind of create your own vehicles and the way they made you chase, uh, you know, that that loot grind to kind of get the bricks and to get better vehicles, to get better drivers and things of that nature. Um, that's what got me extremely interested in before. There does seem to be a lot of that in here, uh, but I don't know if I'm going to necessarily consider it. Again, um, got some other things going on personally in the background, so it's just like I'm not sure. Yeah trying to throw my money at everything and right. with the kind of games that i'm playing currently too like i gotta i gotta gotta be realistic with my nope oh, get it uh but no it does look good so anybody looking for that mario kart-esque type racer with legos and again you can transform on the fly it's pretty cool Go check i feel out like this is missing an opportunity to be on game pass I will say. yeah it is it is it is but you know you know how that goes sometimes um yeah that's it for this week uh that's oh. this upcoming game of weeks again short list but who doesn't have a billion things to play right now we can we can use some weeks like this where we don't have much going on i can tell you that much uh because we've got so much uh and uh that's it Stu. so we can hop into the topics now nice okay well one we did talk about zelda a little bit earlier uh well it was part of our conversation earlier um was there any additional things that you wanted to add on as far as like tears of the kingdom goes um the again um there is the bias there um there are games that will get the pass um i did oh i didn't mention this i did beat jedi survivor um yes um i it is a great it is a fantastic game um leagues better than the first game ever were was um i'll be honest and say that um it's also going to be it's a, it's going to be a fun game i think you'll have some good fun with it pong uh whenever you end up jumping into it yeah. uh, again from start to finish i i will still say that i wasn't expecting some of the things to happen that the way do that that the way they do uh so that is still special um the game isn't isn't necessarily like a top 10 or anything like that for me currently um but i will say it does definitely rival the unleashed games for me um now of course the unleashed games had a little more simplified combat um were over exaggerated a lot of the force abilities and whatnot um so of course you're not going to get that here but as far as overall character development story building um and whatnot they did really well with this one and i enjoyed every moment the set pieces was great shot to respawn they know what they're doing with star wars that's what i'll say for sure um especially hey guys like respawn you may not ever listen to this but Vince, if uh, if y'all do keep moving in the direction that y'all are moving, if this is the growth that y'all are expecting to see, uh, moving into your next iterations of games, you just need, you need to keep that your 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 foot on the neck because y'all are on the pulse. And uh, whenever you make the third game, I will say there will be a third game. Yeah. Um, definitely make sure that you lean into that gray side. I don't care what side that you end up picking. Um, whether, whether or whether you do pick, maybe they go bold and say, no, he's a great Jedi. Um, I don't think that's going to doubt that. Don't think that's going to happen, but that's my wish. And that is my ambition. If they're able to master that, make it appealing and get people to understand what a great Jedi truly is. Al, I will say does have some of the early 
tr- showings of someone who could. That's walk part that of line. all Jedi, though, right? So but this one, I, I think, is the best representation okay. for that. Oh, well, I don't, I don't know, but I'm just saying that the 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 the, the path to a Jedi. It's, it's dealing is, with like it, 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 it deals with the gray stuff. Like again, that's why the gray Jedi were never really brought up because people hate that neutral ride the fence stuff in a lot of ways. They want their characters to be either good or evil. Right. Um, in a lot of, I don't think Cal has to be. No, no, and I and I agree. I wish they would certainly do it, but that is the path of the Jedi is to walk both sides and then eventually wind up as the Jedi, right? And that's right. why a lot of people, when you go back and look at the Jedi. You see that gray area because the Jedi aren't necessarily always the good guys. Yeah, like, no. Nah, how they deal with things. So, anyways, yeah, uh, that's a that's a whole Star Wars philosophy discussion um, and lore discussion because it's interesting uh, to say the least. Um, what makes that this what makes that IP so great, man? Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, uh, in Vince, we trust uh, again. If Vince, if Vince and Respawn can pull off, I mean, they've already pulled off Titanfall despite the fact that it didn't sell well, that was EA's problem, not Vince's problem. Yeah, Titanfall, Titanfall not continuing, Titan, that's EA. Titanfall that's is EA. one of the greatest... Same um, thing with Anthem, that's EA. One of the greatest multiplayer games ever. It's one of the greatest mech games of all time. The single-player campaign in Titanfall 2 is absolutely the chef's kiss. It's one of the greatest um, first-person uh, campaigns of all time uh, based on a multiplayer uh, game. Uh, and then he turns around, makes Apex, uh, absolutely dominates in that area. Now you've got him dominating in a single-player, narrative-driven Star Wars action game. Uh, he is now handling, they are making a first-person uh, Star Wars game as well, which we know is going to be coming out. They uh, have partnered with uh, Qubits, I think it is. I, I always forget. Um, or Qubitpixel? Bitpixel. Uh, for a RTS Star Wars game. And he is now taken over the entire Battlefield uh uh, franchise if he pulls off all of that steel and the quality remains at this level for respawn zampella is going to be one of those singular uh developers singular directors like a todd howard um like a kojima where his name is known which doesn't happen in this industry very often it already is to us but zampella will be on a different pedestal uh because you're talking about multiple different types of genres and dominating that means his leadership capabilities because it's not him making the games it's him directing his teams he is on another level when it comes to leadership to pull all that off for sure um absolutely incredible job to hear you say that that's that's what you wound up with finishing jedi survivor it absolutely being um leaps and bounds ahead of fallen order that says a lot steel coming from you because i know you and i felt similar when it came to Fallen Order. Yeah, no, so, Fallen Order, yeah. Fallen Order, um, it was solid, but it was weak. Um right. very very weak in many ways. Um if it wasn't for the uh the combat, I don't think I would have been able to progress as far as I would have. Um but as far as like everything, the culmination of the game, um of that IP, Jedi Survivor is, is leagues. That is again a perfect example of, you know, your second iteration of a game um knocking it out of the park. But the reason I, I brought that up mainly is because Jedi Survivor did have its issues up front. Um and even I have had my issues, although I'll still give it a nine out of ten. Um, with not, me not being able to give it a ten out of ten uh because of the frame issues that I dealt with. That was the yep. main thing that I dealt with. Um but I also yep. will be honest and say I do have a computer that can brute force its way through a lot of that too uh so there is that aspect 
Um, the Tears of the Kingdom is what we originally started on. Yes. Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, I, I again, since I'm not playing, since I don't have interest, I'll keep my you know I'll keep my thoughts limited. As far as the performance stuff goes, again, respect Nintendo's hustle, and I say this half jokingly, but half truth. They themselves, by releasing hardware in 2017 that was already outdated in 2017, lowered the bars of expectation. Yeah. It's, it is genius on a certain level, and this is the reason why Nintendo got out of competing with Sony and Xbox in the premium or the, the high-performance console that's now been created. High-performance console market, we'll just call it that. They purposefully remove themselves from all those discussions by putting out this type of hardware. There is no expectations. Again, the conversation out here, the only thing I will say that is valid when you talk about the 30 frames, the performance problems that, that the tears of the kingdom. Now, again, I watched the digital foundry. I watched their whole video on it, did a great job with it. You know, again, the patch supposedly fixed a lot of the early stuff that we were hearing about it. Uh, It does run at, pretty consistent 30 frames there are still areas where it will dip but the fact is the only thing i can say is for the people out here and there is a group of them who were complaining about 30 frames whether it's on playstation whether it's on xbox and of course the Redfall, you know talk all that kind of stuff brought it back into light for those of you that do sit out here and complain about 30 frames on other consoles and then turn around and play your switch and Tears of the Kingdom or whatever game at 30 frames, listen, that's kind of stupid, okay? That means you don't have a problem with 30 frames depending on the game. So just come out and say it's game dependent upon when you are willing to play 30 frames, all right? Just come out and say that that way. Don't shred games at 30 frames and then turn around and play another game at 30 frames and say everything's good. But expectations-wise, for the hardware, for the Switch, of course, Nintendo... Again, set the bar so low back in 2017 when they launched this hardware that no, none of us ever expected Tears of the Kingdom to be 60 frames, nor should we have. Mm -hmm. They were never going to get this game to run at 60 frames. What they did with it, how they get the open world from everything I've seen with all the actual, um, uh, with all the physical... uh, what am I looking for? Steel uh, with all the different engines. Oh, in the, physic, play. Physic, the physics, physics. Yeah, the, the physics, the physics systems in play is impressive. It's extremely impressive. And, and that's, again, this goes immersive. back to Nintendo strengths, right? This goes back to Nintendo strengths. They take six years. They polish the hell out of their game. They make sure that the game is performing on all levels before they launch it. Yes. Again, there are dips, but again, with everything involved, I'm shocked there's not more. I'm shocked that there's not more issues. I'm shocked that there, that there isn't massive problems showing up on this game. So what they do there, I got to give them props. They do what they do, and they do it well, and they know how to make this, this old-ass hardware, this cell phone hardware, do tricks, right? And I said it again on PM and the PM, going back to 360 games, Steel, because I do play 360 games. Oh, there's a difference. But, but, what, but what I'm saying is, if you think about what the devs were doing with games, you yeah, go back and play some 60 games, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's a miracle that we ever got them. Yep. Okay? Again, I'll bring Years up. of War? Yeah. That's Years magic. of War? That's magic. Uh, 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 Oblivion, back in the day magic, on a 360, yeah. and we found out, Todd, Todd said in interviews, we never knew it. 
but they actually had to reset the console behind the scenes while you were playing the game to reset the memory for the next area. Like that, we never knew those were the types of tricks, but for that old ass hardware, some of the games I'm playing, and sure, I still play some on 360, the ones that aren't backwards compatible, and I do play better versions on the Series X from time to time that are backwards compatible. But the fact is, when I'm going through these levels and I'm seeing what physics were being done back in the 360 era, um, it shocks me that they were able to pull it off. And Nintendo, it's no different. They master this hardware. They get every single little bit of blood, sweat, and tears they can out of this hardware, and they make it work. And they put out a game that can score a 97, whether you agree or not, whether Zelda's for you or not. And again, it's not for me but I'm still not going to sit here and turn around and say, nope, game's trash because look at it. Uh, look at the graphics. Look at the performance. It should be better. Well, yeah, I want Nintendo to compete in the high-performance console market, but they're not. Let's be real. They're not. Comp- they're doing what they do. They're competing in the handheld market, and they're crushing it with the hardware that they have. And so it doesn't take away from the gameplay. It doesn't take away from the beloved IP that is Zelda. So... For me, it's like, whatever, man. I mean, again, they did what they did. Got to respect them. They're selling it at $70. Millions upon millions of people are going to be playing this game already. We already know that. We saw the lines outside, which we haven't seen for a midnight launch in a long time. And that's Nintendo in a nutshell. So shout out to Nintendo. Shout out to Tears of Kingdom. Shout out to all the fans who got exactly what they want. If you're enjoying the game, if you're loving the game, Man, do that. That's all That's all we're about here. Play what you love, love what you play. It's the golden age of gaming. Hey, this year is fantastic for everybody. Period. Yeah. Um, my thoughts on that same aspect is, and it's, 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 it's a couple of different places. Um, the biggest thing for me is just consistency, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like to be extremely, I, I like to be consistent. Um, yeah. So that's why there's certain things that I just won't do. Um, playing games at 30 frames, I'm not doing. I'll be consistent at that. Um, I'm not going to play uh, as as good of a time as I'm having with Breath of the Wild. I'm also playing Breath of the Wild completely different than it, it was originally intended. Um, and I only say that because if it was intended differently, Nintendo would make sure that there was a different way to play their games. Um, the most the thing for me, um, and this is partially why I don't give Nintendo. Um, as much appreciation as others is I think it actually de-appreciates their games when you don't allow your IP to be seen in its best light. And it is blatantly obvious when people are playing, are playing a game that is meant for the switch yep. on PC. I was going to let you handle that. That is the majority of what is currently happening for people enthusiasts. that are streaming um, the game or, the, yeah. yeah, like you mentioned, uh, like you stated, the enthusiast. Uh, for, for those who really, they know what it is. You know that 30 frames for this game, again, to me, personally, I think it's a, it's a, it's a criminal offense for this game to be running at 30 frames. And again, yes, it's on the Switch, and we can use all those yeah. reasons. Oh, what do you expect? This, that, and the other thing. Hardware, cool. I got you. And I'm not saying eliminate that. That is an option. Don't matter. Right. Good games are good games. Again, great. I, I'm not saying anything against yep. My biggest issue that I will constantly buck back about Nintendo 
is that if you truly valued your IP the way that you say that you do, you would make it more accessible in other places so that it can be an experience in its best form. Because Breath of the Wild on PC compared to what you were getting on the Switch is two completely fucking different experiences. Well, of course, of course. Right? And of course, you got my, I mean, yeah, Skyrim 2, but (laughs) Zelda is also a newer game. Yeah. Right? Nintendo being the one of the biggest in this industry embraces the PC. I mean, that too. So there's there's definitely other aspects of it. Yeah, there are. I agree. I think it's unfortunate, and I will continuously fight back against Nintendo because it's one of the things that is super unfortunate about uh, Pokemon Violet when I played it is that the fucking game could be one of the most beautiful games. But it's so limited by the hardware, and they don't want you to access it anywhere else outside of having to pirate the game unless you are someone, and this isn't most people outside of the people that I know, for example, Kayasante and myself, who will break the ISO down from off of your physical copy of the game if you know how to do that. You're pirating the game. And again, do what you want to. You got to put your flag up. I'm. I got nothing against pirates, man. I'll, I'll be sure. I'll be either joining or shooting someone. I get in the starfield. Um, <laughs> I like mm. Pirates of the Caribbean too. It's a good movie. Um, I, I, and I like Johnny Depp's act. Anyway, uh, <laughs> nothing against pirates, man. If that's the flag that you sell, you do your thing. I'm not going to sit here and say anything about that. I know I'm. I'm Vic. I'm not using dolphin. Um, I also bought. Breath of the Wild twice on the Wii U and then again on the Switch. Um, But again, that game, this is my biggest thing that I'll say. So so the jump from Wii U to the Switch, wasn't that major? Or was it major enough? Because again, a lot of people are saying that there's uh, so many advancements that this game has that the first game didn't. Well, the first game came out in on the Wii U. This game is coming out on the Switch. I would hope that they can add a little more up to the game. <laughs> when you're, especially when you compare it to the Wii. In OCD, that's the exact point that I'm getting to, is what well, I blame Nintendo for people pirating their games. Now, people are, people are going to do what they want to do, right? Emulation has been a thing. It's going to continue to be a thing. Uh, there is a conversation to also be had about game preservation. If the, end, if the companies aren't going to do it, then what is the other way for us to do it? Again, to each their own. I'm not the guy to judge. I'm not God. I'm not anybody. I'm not this. I'm not that. But it is unfortunate that Nintendo couldn't at least find a different way to sell or to or find a way to embrace the digital era to make their games available on their own service, for an example, Nintendo Switch app or whichever the case is. They can still be bougie about where you play the games at, but damn, at least give, we're in 2023, give me the option so I don't have to jump through my hoops and bounds and do things the way the uh, quote unquote legal way to do them um, that I'm aware of versus what may, some others may do and putting more ducats in your pocket. I thought that's what companies cared about. Dollars in their pocket. 
Why, why for Nintendo is the console just enough? Oh, we don't have to do more than that. You're making Buku's amount of money on your heart, on your software. There's no way that your development cost is a hundred million dollars. There's just no goddamn way. They don't want to dilute their IP steals what it comes down to. But it's like, but I don't they, think they, it would dilute it though. But the, but they believe that. They believe that that's just part of what no makes it special, right? Sense. Right. The, what what makes it special is the fact that the game looks grainy and um yeah, we gotta yeah, make yeah, our yeah, devs yeah. work harder than ever to get the game together. Look and... at the fan base. Look at look at everybody's uh, everybody praises it. So yes, uh, yes, bro. yes. That's part of the charm uh, for Nintendo. That's part of the charm. I yeah. just I think we're I say <laughs> you know, I, I say agree that with you. you know that. I think I, I, I we we got it. We but this but this is the reason that people put Nintendo in a different place when it comes to this conference, when it comes to the gaming conversation. It's not the same as Xbox and PlayStation. And Xbox and PlayStation are direct competitors to each other. You can't sit here and say, oh, well, what about Nintendo? Well, they don't have a problem doing A, B, and C. L look at what they're doing. Look at what's acceptable. Yeah, it's genius. You can get 10s out of 10s for the game looking and feeling the way that it does. Oh, it's a it's a miracle. That's where the conversation goes. Well, of course. And again, nothing to get back from the game itself or tell people not to enjoy it. Play what you love, love what you play, like Pong said. But that doesn't mean that we can't speak out about or be not be consistent, at least. That's what you'll get here on Live a Split Screen. Um, well, I will still be consistent on my expectation. And I will not be playing Tears of the Kingdom the same way I did not play Breath of the Wild. I didn't play Breath of the Wild until this year. For the first time. Yep. The game came out in 2017. Mm -hmm. 16 on the Wii U. Mm -hmm. Whatever. So if it takes that long for me to get into Tears of the Kingdom, great. No, I'm not. It's not hurting me. My, I don't feel like I'm missing something out. But again, FOMO doesn't work on me like it may for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And this is my line. Just like anything else, you have to find out what your line is. And if this game is acceptable enough for you to plop down the 70 ducats, uh, the 70 bones for you to get in there and really enjoy it, great. I get it. But I do think that it is very backhanded um, for gamers because, and if this is what you're willing to put up with, why do you think you're not going to get better? What makes you think that the Switch 2 is going to be astronomically better? What makes you think that the Switch 2 is going to let you carry over your games and you're not going to spend another $70 for that Tears of the Kingdom? And I hope that that is something that Nintendo addresses. Because that is a way that they can start moving in the right direction, along with getting their fucking online capability together. Good Lord. Again, nope. how do you have an IP like Smash Brothers that have the fucking worst netcode in existence for a fighter? You have no netcode. It's non-existent. But you have the best fighter on the planet. Arguably. Sold the most copies out of any most games. <laughs>
<laughs> it's just, uh, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll hopefully it's see annoying. it in the next iteration, Steel, when we get the new hardware finally next year at some point for um, Nintendo. And then they're going to resell uh, this game yet again uh, next for the next hardware. And then people are going to play it on their brand new Switch 2, whatever they call it. And they're going to say, how did we ever play games at 30 frames? It, 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 you know it's going to happen. You're five um, years behind, right? Well, well, right. I mean, again, I can't say anything because as a, <laughs> a console-only player, I was too, right? I didn't have any I, – I still yeah. don't. I could still play games in 30 frames. You're, you're not, right, Vic. I'm not snap, but but we were we were that too. Mm. Console players always said, what do PC players say, 60 frames? Who cares about 60 frames, blah, blah. We finally get 60 frames. You know? And a lot of people are like, how do we ever play games at 30 frames? And I agree, especially in first-person shooters. Right. So, I mean, and some people it's like 30, 30, yeah. 30 still acceptable. Yeah. Right. 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 And then, like I said, I don't mind some 30 frames game. So I'm not that guy who sits around and says, I'm not, I will never play a 30 frame game. But at the same time, for Nintendo fans, this is exactly what Nintendo is going to do there. So they they will resell this game for $70 on the Switch 2. It will be at 60 frames. It will finally be at mm. a rock solid 1080, 1440p. And then all of a sudden, there will be a revelation of switch of Nintendo fans who go, Oh man, how do we ever deal with that back in the day? Well, you did because you forgive and you liked you it give enough allowances to Nintendo. Yes. 100%. You, 100%. you liked it enough. So it was yeah. acceptable for you. It was acceptable. It's, 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 it's the same thing with Redfall. As, as many people are saying, again, I'm not going to say anybody's copying for the game. You feel nope. how you want to feel about the game. Nope. Um, If you feel like you're having a good time with it, Hey, <laughs> you can say, day, you can say that, but, um, as long when, as you don't say that there's no problems. As when the, long as you don't when the louder no voice says it's a right. 57, um, <laughs> it's kind of like, I, well, and, 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 and that could be wrong problems. too, right? That could be wrong too, but, yeah, but, there, but there is. You have to acknowledge that there are, again, as we did with Cyberpunk, we sat here and said yeah. Cyberpunk was a great game, but we still acknowledged the issues that people were having. Just that consistency. Unacceptable. That consistency, yeah. That's, that's 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 my main thing. I I I like to be consistent. So if anybody ever sees me say, "Hey, still, you're not being consistent," please let me know, man. So I can at least, um, because if you're not going to be consistent, then you have to be able to explain why. Why did it work before? Why didn't it work now? Um, we got to be able to talk through those things, man. Because again, gaming, I still do believe, is one of the places that we as a consumer have the most impact on. If a bunch of people stop buying Zelda or if this uh, Tears of the Kingdom sold less than Breath of the Wild, I think that they would hear the message. Now, they're probably still, they probably still hear the message, but they'll get to it whenever they feel like getting to it. And again, at the end of the day, as long as you're enjoying your investment, that's what matters. And most of your investment nowadays is time more so than it is money. But when you do consider your money at that standpoint, I just, again, we can't say that this is not acceptable and then you go play something and say that, oh, but this is acceptable. Or you say that, oh, oh this game is great and you're playing it on PC at 60 frames, um, being able to upscale it and trying to tell people how amazing the game is. Yep. Like, um, that's not completely honest either. Right, you're selling people on on a gay on a, di a completely different experience, right? So, um, that's that's just kind of how I feel about that. Um, but as part of the conversation, Tears of the Kingdom is going to be definitely a runner in the a game of the year uh, conversation. But 
song. And I wanted to bring this to you because you are a Bethesda fan. We talked about Bethesda earlier, talking about Skyrim and whatnot. But I wanted to bring this this question to you because this is something I, I teased at the beginning of the show. Um, but it was a point that I saw brought up, not just one place, um, but in multiple of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, where now uh, I'm seeing that, well, I've heard some things that Starfield was never going to be a game of the year contender. Um, especially when you have games like um, Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom, um, and then Spider-Man coming at the end of the year. Although we know nothing about Spider-Man. Again, I'm not saying I'm not expecting the game to be ass, um, but it does. I am there. I have a lot of anticipation for the game, but I also have a, a lot of, uh, I can't think of the term for it right now. Um, I don't know. I don't know where my hopes and dreams are for that game yet because I don't I don't understand how they can evolve the combat further than what the first game. Now, could it be a Breath of the Wild moment where like people are like, oh well, this is the same game, but you got these other things on it? Yeah, it could be. And again, with them involving Venom, you're one, you're already talking my language. But nonetheless, Hong, do you think that Starfield in the conversations around Starfield are more so based around, because again, there is a huge base of people that just like to downplay everything and they don't want to see the bigger picture or maybe they just don't like those games. And um, again, they see rightly so, um, but that's, that has become bug festive for a lot of people. Um, and, no, and, there's a, and there's a good amount of people who don't think that they'll ever put out a solid game. But, before before I pass it off to you, Skyrim is a game that came out, has been out for over a decade, and the only game that I see that is still constantly getting mod support for, um, even in 2023, at a level that is kind of, like, insurmountable, bro. Like, there's not many games that go to this level, and uh, mind you, there's other things behind that. But my point is, Skyrim seemingly or the team at Bethesda have seemingly especially with games like Fallout and um what was the what's the other one how how what what's the what's the other one uh made by um Obsidian Obsidian yeah Outer Worlds Outer Worlds thank you um in Outer Worlds when you get these types of games and you see how they've aged more so like a fine wine over the years right uh where you go back to the games you either um, you have a good time with it if you're one of those or you don't enjoy it. Um, but maybe the game has even evolved past what you remembered. You get to spend another 100 to 1,000 hours into it like you have uh, here recently uh, within the last six months. Or so. Why, on one hand, do you think that people feel as though in, compared, in comparison, especially with a new IP, and again, maybe, maybe that's the fear, I think that's more of a, um, a positive for it more than anything else because there is, and you're using a new engine, so I think there's a lot more positives for it being a new IP. But what, why do you think that in comparison to games like uh, Tears of the Kingdom and a Spider-Man or a God of War or any other game that could possibly be released as your, or Jedi Survivor for an why would some people throw Starfield out of the conversation or say that it potentially wouldn't even be part of that conversation or has no chance to be 
because of these other games around it. What makes well, let's start off with that. What makes you think that people are saying that? Um, From your experience as a Bethesda fan. Number one, um, as I always bring up, um, because the games are so far and few be- or few and far between when it comes to Bethesda's A team, because the games are so spaced out, uh, people forget how big and how popular the games are. Uh, we've seen that with Diablo 4. We saw an article written that uh, it looked like Blizzard might have a, uh, a, uh, a little hit on their hands. <laughs> Again, people forget about some of these franchises. Number one are these teams, the developers behind them, because these teams don't necessarily put out games on a regular uh, basis. Um, number two, I think that a lot of it has to Blim! do with, a lot of it has to do with the landscape changing in games in general uh, right. and where the industry is, right? And what people find to be popular nowadays doesn't necessarily mesh up what was popular ten years Which ago. Which is why I mentioned that com- the combat yep. earlier. On. Yep, yep, yep. Correct. Uh, so I think a lot of people look at that and say there's maybe not a place for a Bethesda-style game, which I have to laugh at, obviously. Um, but there's not a place for that type of game in the conversation um, in 2023, that people want the heavy narrative-driven games that we've seen from Sony, uh, or they want the classic nostalgia IP from a um, you know uh, a maker like Nintendo, and that's what really drives the market. And again, we talked about the differences between Breath of the Wild's open world versus a Skyrim or a Fallout. And, and those differences, some people find glaring these days because we've heard the backlash at big open world games like Ubisoft has done it to death right now, Steel, with the, where the, the open world fatigue that people feel sometimes, you know, they associate that with a Bethesda game as well and say, I'm just not looking forward to it. It's not, you know, I don't want that big open world. Like you said, Steel, when you fire up Skyrim, do I really want to sink hundreds of hours into this game? Like, is that where, where I'm at gameplay wise? Dealing with Mars and everything right, else. Right, right. The game is right. older. Things, things exactly, forward. exactly, exactly. Um, and obviously Starfield being a new IP is another hit because nobody knows what to expect. If this was Elder Scrolls Six launching this year, Steel and Starfield, Thanks I think the conversation might be different. Right. So? It might be different because we've heard from the beginning, Steel, like a Skyrim two, right, right. Like well, a we know Six is coming. Elder Scrolls, 6. yeah, we know Six is coming, but whatever the case may be, that's a known IP. That is something that people can grasp. Like, what is this game? Well, I know what it's going to be. It's just going to be more of everything we've gotten. But what, what did we hear? And whether they were whether they were honest based arguments or not what do we hear the minute that we that we started getting the hype around starfield well you how can you hype the game you don't even know what it is you have no idea what it is right you this is a new ip you don't know what this is going to be you can't be excited for this game so that new ip um feeling as well or that new ip kind of um what i want to say stereotype like well you don't know anything about it we don't know anything about it so we can't be excited for it yet until we see it even after seeing it, people still, you still, oh, what is this game? Listen, I think all of those factors come into play when we're talking about a game of the year. People want that known quantity steal. Sure, a game like Elden Ring can come along and exceed expectations, blow everybody's mind. Yeah. Anyway, I think right? Armacore will. Right, Armacore could, you know, but that's from software, right? With Bethesda, then you've also got the final piece of the puzzle, which is as the decades have gone on, as generations have come 
and gone through gaming, uh, Bugthesda has taken over. You get a release like Fallout 76 that is wrongfully associated with the A-Team, but it's still got Bethesda's name on it. It still had Todd Howard's name attached to it. You get a whole generation of people who attach, associate Fallout 76 with the entirety of, you know, Elder, Elder Scrolls, Fallout, with the known issues that those games have had. Now you've got this legitimate buildup of people saying, well, no, it's just Bethesda. They can't make games anymore. Fallout 76, you saw that. They're on a downswing. Um, Fallout 4 didn't hit the way people wanted it to. And they ignore all the history. Because, again, that's in the past. People only see what's in front of their face. Mm -hmm. They don't look at the the past history and say, well, no, they've got much more to their games than just the bugs. Even with the bugs, their games were scoring in the 90s, winning game of the year. Yeah, like... And we've had that conversation recently, right? Jedi Survivor came out with bugs. Critical claim ignored the bugs because the game was so good. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know that happens. Well, that's what used to happen with Bethesda games. We would ignore the bugs because the games were so damn good. You could, again, there are some of the bugs in Bethesda games that actually bring character to the game. I think personally, people could say, well, that's an excuse. You're just excusing bugs. No, there's certain bugs that happen that are make funny and that, that are, you know, yeah, yeah it's a game like, at the end of the day. Like, it's a game, like right, right, right. It's not game breaking. So I think all that comes into play when people talk about this stuff. But again, like I said earlier, I'll remind people that twice before a Bethesda A game has launched during the same year as a Zelda game and has one game of the year. So it is possible. Now in 2023, is it? Huh? Which one? Uh, again, I think, uh, when, did, when did Skyward Sword come out? What year was it? Oh, it's, you said it beat um, a yes, Bethesda game? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. you said Bethesda, Bethesda beat Zelda. Oh, okay. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's happened twice. It's happened twice. Um, so it is possible. Is it possible in 2023 with a microscope uh, on a brand new IP with a switch right? that just sold a hundred and what uh, just right, came right, out right, right. and uh, announced that they did a hundred and twenty million consoles, 120 million. Is it, is it possible for a Starfield to come out and do this? Yes, too. I think, I, of course I think it is. Do I think as an uphill battle, do I think Zelda is a front runner? Yes. I said this last year. I, I, I said, if Zelda comes out and hits, it's the winner. Like, like again, the Zelda bias is real. The Nintendo bias is real. It is what it is. I don't care. People have their fan bases. They have their, their fandom. They, they love that. That's fine. Is it possible that Starfield could set the bar to a new level? Yes, it is. Is it going to be because of graphics? No, the graphics are going to be much improved in creation engine 2.0. Oh, is it going to be? They are much improved. Yeah, they're much improved. But is it going to be a graphical powerhouse? No, it's not going to be a graphical powerhouse. Will it be much more up to date? Sure. So it's not going to win there, but neither is Zelda. Zelda's not going to win for the graphics as much as people want to say, yeah. oh, we like those graphics. Nah, that's yeah, not why. Okay. It fits the tone of Zelda, but like, come on, they're not pushing any boundaries. It's nothing big. So then you look at the other aspects. Well, then you get narrative. Could Starfield come out and blow people from a narrative perspective? Absolutely they could. Bethesda's got some of the best writers in the industry. They are exploring a very well-loved sci-fi aspect type, keeping it real, um, interstellar type story. Mm -hmm. 
So could it come out and be considered one of the best sci-fi stories of all time and in turn wind up pushing the narrative beyond what Zelda's doing, which a lot of people, again, there's some people who say the Zelda story is absolutely fantastic and there's others that are like, I don't know what's really going on here, but I like it, right? So you could have it where it crushes it narrative. Sandbox open world. Could it absolutely set the bar for exploration even beyond what people like to think of Zelda? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course it could. A thousand planets the size of space. Could it be that not not every planet's going to be something? I mean, could it be that the exploration again, is still there? Not every Rock? planet is that yeah. in real life. So. No, 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 no. But could they nail? Could they nail the exploration? Could they, they nail they that sense of yeah. scope? Could they nail it so that people who do are looking for that space uh, adventure go, God dang, I've never experienced something like this. Yes, they could set that bar. Um, even beyond, you know, again, people want to say No Man's Sky already exists. Uh, could it be that different that it that people say, oh, well, now I understand. Yes, Bethesda can do that. Can they do it from a mechanic standpoint with the crafting, with the RPG aspects of it, with, with all of the stuff that they are known for? Yes, they could set the bar. So, yes, I think there's the potential that Starfield could launch and blow people's minds, score in the 90s, and wind up, taking the game of the year title away from zelda i think there is a possibility again am i saying like 70 percent? no of course not i'm not dumb no this is an uphill battle but i think that the bethesda team has a potential and it's just because steel it's been so long since we got a game from these guys that people forget and and the, again gamers have the shortest term memories ever and yes breath of the wild was six years ago Mm -hmm. But six years ago, compared, you know, to a Bethesda A team title, and again, Fallout 4 was not up to par. It sold crazy, right? It still sold like mad, but was it considered like up to par with Fallout 3? No. So you go back to Skyrim. Skyrim set the bar for Elder Scrolls for a lot of people. There's a debate whether or not Oblivion was better, but for most people, Skyrim set the bar. That's still being talked about. That's still being played 10 years later. And it's still considered the best RPG according to a large group of people. Again, Witcher 3 has come along, and there's a certain group of people that think Witcher 3 is. You know, we've had those. Right. But Skyrim still sets the mark for most people, or a lot of people, I should say, not most, but a lot. I don't know if it's most. But I think Starfield could do that. And if it does that genre defining, generational type Bethesda game that we know they're capable of producing because they've done it multiple times in their history then yes, it'll be in the game of the year conversations. It's up to Bethesda to remind everybody why that still is a known thing, that Bethesda is one of the greatest Western RPG makers of all time, why Todd, Hard, Todd, Ho Todd Howard's name is synonymous with Bethesda. They remind people of that come September, and yeah, they're going to be in the conversation for sure, and they might win, 100%. Yeah, I just I find it interesting the way that people talk, tend to talk about games, um, and then they, how they also forget about how certain games have changed how we look at or have changed the dynamic of open world games. Right. Um, the reason I will always give Breath of the Wild this kudos is because literally Breath of the Wild birthed other games of type. Gitch and Impact wouldn't exist today without Breath of the Wild. 
just that is what it is. I don't think, think it would so? have. No, nah, not not in the same because Genshin Impact is literally built off of the same exact things of Breath of the Wild. Exact same things. There is, there is they literally is the perfect example of somebody stealing something and then twisting it to their own uh for their own purposes, right? And then putting other mechanics in the game to call it something different. It just doesn't have Link in it. If they put Link in that game, it would be, oh, this is just another Breath of the Wild. This is this is another Zelda game. Wow. This is great. And Breath of the Wild did invigorate open world games, but in a different way. Not in the same aspect of like a Skyrim, for example, where Skyrim, at least from me and from what I've been told and from what I've noticed, even this thing it recently, it's the world building. It's the character development that you always go back to and say, damn, well, there is so much to happen. This is just one section. And I have all this other map to explore and every character that I talk to has some kind of engagement and um, there's no telling where my story can really essentially go. Whereas with, again, like we made the point earlier, with like a Zelda, there's, yeah, you may have a little bit different of an experience. It's essentially it's the same thing. Um, you're still going to go through the same story, be go, you know, like in that same manner where Skyrim is kind of, they kind of give you that freedom to explore it and, Put hands on everything. Look, there's there's influence. There's no doubt. There's influence. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Cut no, you're good. You're good. No, you're, 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 you're perfect. There, every game influ- gets influence from somewhere, right? And I would say that Breath of the Wild took. I agree with that. Open open world growing. I agree. Prior to yeah. it, like I agree. Elder Scrolls, like mm-hmm. Fallout, and like 100%. You know, put their own twist on it. So I see where you're coming from. Like I see direct correlation with something like Immortals: Phoenix Rising. Right. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That's yeah. like that, Ubisoft that's another taking Zelda. And just yeah, that's another one, it, right? Yep. I I just que- I go back and forth with this because Morrowind put open world games on the map, like back in the day, right? Morrowind was the first like really big game that kind of set up Bethesda, set up the Elder Scrolls because mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls existed prior to right, it. Right, right, right. But Morrowind changed it. Morrowind changed everything with how it handled the open world, with the vastness, with the scope, with everything that's involved. And then everything I from there on, I think, has been influenced in some direct correlation, or in some direct way or indirect way based upon the popularity of Morrowind and the Elder Scrolls from there on out. And we've seen you know, copies of, of Elder, we were talking about one just the other day, Two Worlds came out and just copied because there was no other console game like Oblivion. And Two Worlds came out and leaned into it and said, we're Oblivion on steroids, right? That's what they did. Breath of the Wild, to me, I have a hard time giving it that much credit. And again, maybe that's just me because I'm not a Zelda fan. But yeah, I have I a mean... hard time giving that much credit. Like I've seen reviewers say, like Tears of the Kingdom is going to influence the next five years of gaming. Like how? Like what is it doing? Like because again, it's it's showing how you can take that Bethesda esque formula and and streamline it to and still have a and still have a game that feels vast but enjoy. It's just different, right? Um, it's a, it's, you're essentially doing some of the very same things. But it's different. It's Zelda. It's in that universe. And I think that does add on to it because the other thing, too, that that adds on to that, um, 
mean, of course, the IP having history, but it's just how they use those mechanics and mm. use it for themselves. I guess yeah. that's what does it. Because and, and, then and, and, other and, games yeah. kind of take those similar formulas and create. I think that's what they mean. Not and, so, and I, oh, it's completely different. And before, and before <laughs> any Nintendo drones freak out, I'm not taking away from Zelda. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, belittle, or to I'm not, not trying to, to take away from what Zelda is and why it's so great. I'm not. Because again, I recognize it. I, rec- I can recognize greatness whether I'm interested or not. I can recognize greatness. Right. The thing about Zelda is I just feel like they, what they do the best, what the team does over at Nintendo does best, is they take bits and pieces from a lot of other games. No, they do. And put it, and put it mm-hmm. together in a beloved yep. package, yep. right? And they do it well. It's yep. not like, oh, we, we've seen games take a bunch of mechanics from different games and try to throw them together, and it turns out to be crap. Like, it turns yeah, out no. to not work. Yeah. They integrate all these different mechanics and it is beautiful. Like they they weave them all together and it is a beautiful tapestry and they wind up with game of the year quality games. So I got to give them credit for that. I just wonder how much direct influence outside of the popularity, the high profile aspect of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, and now Tears of the Kingdom. I understand why that high profile and those game of the year awards and those high scores influence other games because then people look over and say hey we can do that but we've had that with bethesda titles too skyrim's the the fallouts Mm -hmm. they all elevated the you know the the they all elevated the open world sandbox uniqueness of bethesda titles to a degree where people were taking notice and there was games that came out that were influenced by them so i i just i haven't i guess when you said genshin impact that kind of threw me off that kind of threw me off that you think that was a breath of the wild that wouldn't be here without breath of the wild yeah no i don't i don't think it was i think they've even i think they even have hinted at um towards it that be even being the case again the stamina system is exactly the same the way combat is approached is pretty much the same outside of it being more anime-esque right it's they they took that exact same style um even the even the movement a lot of it is very similar to how breath of zelda moves in breath of the wild it's just Yes, it's taking stuff from again. Breath of the Wild is already a culmination of other games. Like that's a perfect. You put it perfectly. It is a culmination of different games. Again, that's what gaming is overall. Oh yeah, taking different games. At this point, it's like movies. Every movie is influenced by something. You taking the culmination of different games and you taking your IP and saying, okay, how do we make this different? The the reason I use that Breath of the Wild the Skyrim comparison is because that's literally the only thing that I can compare it to is that Breath of the Wild is easier to play because it's more it's not as vast. It's there condensed. isn't yeah, yeah, it is it's extremely condensed in comparison. But it is fair for you to say, and I do agree with you, that that pulled from <laughs> other open world games yeah. like but that's the titles. But then you know, of course. A game like Genshin or a game or and other games are going to pull from now Zelda because now that's the new baseline that people can look at and say, oh, sure. well, sure. okay, they condensed this. I didn't think that it was possible to take this open world and not make it Ubisoft-like. Because honestly, the only thing that Zelda really has Mm. it's not ubisoft like it's yeah, that's yeah, what makes yeah. it more in comparison to skyrim because it it's like hey breath of the wild literally do that first little mission and then after that it's like oh, you yeah, here's, here's do what world. you want here's yeah you figure it out 
Hey, there's these four divine beasts. Find, pick one. Pick a direct. I mean, hey, I'd advise you to go this way. You can do whatever you want. And then now, the journey you, along the way is it, another next step in the it, adventure. Exactly. Because but because we've broken off. Exactly. Yeah. But because we've refined it, and no matter what, when you go back and look at the map, you see that, okay, well, I've knocked out this part of the map. Okay, now I'll go down here. And it's not like the the map in Delta is so vast, like you you can't see everything like it is in Skyrim, where it's just like, bro, um, god damn, after a hundred hours, after a hundred hours, you might be close to beating Zelda. After a hundred hours in Skyrim, you're like, there's fucking there's still a lot more to explore. Like yeah, where, where's the end? It. You know, it, not <laughs> now if you mainline it, of course, it's going to be different. Yeah. And I and yeah. I, some people may make that same argument in Zelda, but at a certain point. It kind of, it does it does because fall you did that in that. Cyberpunk, right? So you finished Cyberpunk at what 60, yeah, but, sixty hours? Yeah, right on runner to sixty hours. But that was yeah. more so because I was approach again. Yeah, way that I play games it. is just approach yeah. doing whatever the game feels makes right. me feel like I need to do. Right. That story once I got involved, yeah, it was really just like I was in. It was not like I was streamlined. I wasn't like intentionally doing it. It was just I would go do beat. some missions, and I maybe do a side mission, and then boom, yeah. okay, now I gotta. I was like, oh, I was ready to see what was happening next because yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so it. enthralled yeah. by it yeah. Um, that, yeah, I'll get caught up in like a side quest or whatever, and then I get a phone call. A, B, I'm like, yeah. oh, well, let's go find out what's going on. Like, I, I want to see what's happening. Um, so there, there, there is that. But the only reason why I brought that up was because I spent 300 hours doing yeah, all no, the yeah. like, And exactly. then I went to the main line, right? Yeah, exactly. The, the, that's the difference. Oh, my wife that. did the same thing. <laughs> spent about the same amount of time. <laughs> right, over, over, uh, over 100 to, over 100, to, somewhere between 100 to 300 hours she spent in the game herself. And she, she loves that game. Uh, she loves Cyberpunk. Um, she's like uber excited about the DLC. Yes. Um, so it's just, yeah. It's weird when people throw certain games out of the conversation just because of. Yeah. I more so from what I'm seeing, from what I'm understanding. Again, outside looking in, I like to take the RTS approach, ECB, whatever you want to put on there. Um, me looking at it more of an overhead approach. It comes across to me as just like there's a lot of people who are talking about these games who aren't genuinely interested in that style of game, or right. maybe they're. Um, their style of games have changed. Maybe they don't. They don't want a vast open world that may take hundreds of hours to explore. Or they get caught up like myself or someone or or like you, and just taking the world for what it is. And you're adventuring and doing all these different things. Or may or maybe it could be like me, where it's like, yeah, you want that combat element to it. And maybe it's not giving you that. And other games are giving you those things. There's just there's so many variables that get put that get put into it. And what throws me off about the conversation is seeing people sway their points to more so fit in line uh, with what some of the others are saying around them versus them genuinely yeah, saying, hey, I, yeah. um, this Nowadays, is that's what normal. I like. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and it, is. it is. It's normal. To me, to dismiss, that would have been Can't like dismiss. me. That, that, that would have been like me dismissing Zelda when we first started talking about Game of the Year for 2023 or how big 2023 right. is just because it doesn't interest me to dismiss it and say, yeah, that's not going to be anything. It's like, it, it shouldn't be up for Game of the Year, blah, blah, blah. When I acknowledge that it was probably going to be the front runner if they right. did exactly what they did, right? But to me, to the, to the other side of how you started this conversation about Star, Starfield specifically, 
you can't dismiss a team as talented as Todd and A-Team or Bethesda and just say, oh, it's completely 100% over with. There is no way they're going to ever create a game that will be up there to compete or beat Zelda. That's just not true. The talent over there has the ability, has done it in the past, has the history. Again, do I say it's likely? No, I'm not saying it's likely, but to simply dismiss it as they're never going to make a game in 2023 that's going to compete for game of the year. No. And when you look at their competition, the only competition that they have is Star Citizen and No Man's Sky for that style of game. Um, That's not competition for their style of game. And that's my only point, right? No matter what, No Man's Sky would never end up being what Starfield is going to end up being, especially on a narrative standpoint. Um, Now, No Man's Sky is vast, and I I do enjoy No Man's Sky for what it is, but it's more of an exploration game. Yes, they have combat in there now, but it's not going to be to the level of what Skyrim is going to be at. In my in my person, I mean, I mean, in Starfield, what Starfield is going to be at, at least in my belief, from their previous titles and what the different levels of not only um, your own weapons and armor and stats and how everything kind of combines with each other. um, I mean, shit. I mean, even fucking Dark Souls is pulled from that um, in that in 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 a lot of that aspect, right? Because you you have those weight mechanics and whatnot, but. I don't know, man. It, oh. it, it's it, it it's interesting because I won't dismiss Spider Man two either. I can hear how people say that they you know that it's just going to be the same game and like you steal. You don't know how they're going to evolve. I don't, don't know. know what more right. they can do combat. But again, I'm not going to dismiss Insomniac. I, I'm I'm just not. I, I'm just not going to dismiss that they don't come up with some absolutely new, incredible way to experience Spider-Man, not changing the base game by any stretch of imagination because it's successful, but adding enough to it where you and all the fans of Spider-Man sit down and start playing and go, holy shit, look at what they just did. Like, mm-hmm. my God, I didn't think that they could, I, didn't, I, I never even thought of this. Oh my God, they really did something special here. Like, I won't dismiss Insomniac because Insomniac's proven too many people wrong. Yeah, They've no, got a history. They are extremely talented. They are wizards, and they know what they're doing. So, again, I'll just never dismiss any team like that until the game comes out and we actually get proof. I mean, I just – I won't. I, I just yeah, I mean, early. and it's not – for me, Nix, it's not about sequels reinventing the wheel, but yeah. there is something to say about um, – the best comparison that I can make is like the Arkham Trilogy. You can vastly see the improvements that were made um, and see how they could have improved it. Like you go back and play Batman Arkham Asylum, then you go play Batman Arkham City. You're like, yeah, yeah, this is a this is definitely a more vast game. And then you go from Arkham City to Arkham Knight. You're like, wow, not only did they hit it on a narrative standpoint, but then the open world and the way they approached the combat and the, and they they extended and they extended it and made it more vast. Damn, that that was different. I I want to see that in Spider Man Two. Uh, in Spider-Man also, but my, my biggest thing is just like, there's certain IPs that historically, um, and it depends on who you're asking, but historically just don't, don't take their IP and, and use it to their best ability. I'm not saying that I have, I don't have faith in Insomniac. Of course I do. I, of course I have faith in Insomniac. But for me, because they are, going to be introducing venom at least from what they're showing now we're hearing stuff about craven the hunter and it's like 
Raven's cool and all, but how how, how are you going to implement him into the game? Don't have something like a nemesis system, which I think Spider-Man would be the perfect game for that. Um, Every superhero game should have a nemesis bro, system. <laughs> like, I like did it for that is the whole basis of superhero game. Right, they don't right. ever stop coming right. back. I'd love to see somebody evolve it. Bro. Somebody create their own and evolve it to the point where it changed the story based upon what you did, or they had like new introductions, like how the villains were introduced, what kind of where they went, and what kind of missions they were doing, like evil doings they were doing were based upon what happened within the nemesis system. Like that would be crazy. Like a, like an ever evolving comic book. Bro, that again, huge. that's why I'm hyped for Wonder Woman because I mean, again, Monolith hasn't done any wrong for me personally. Um, I enjoyed their games. Um, but again, there's, I have no reason to deny Insomniac, but it's the same way that I look at. I don't necessarily have a reason to doubt Bethesda either. I mean, you're literally going from a company that was trying to support themselves with their own games, trying to um, move through the digital era per se. Right. Um, and figure out what was going to help bring them in more money. Because again, no, not everybody's going to play your game, right? Um, and they have made missteps. I'm not saying that they're perfect, but in the same breath, I can't deny what they have brought to the table and say that, hey, for a new IP from your A team for an idea that you've been sitting on for 20 plus years, I don't see how this would just be some mediocre attempt that could be comparable to a fallout 76 or even a fallout 4 for that matter of fact i i just don't see how that pick comparison will end up being drawn this, this might not be comparison to anything by the end of the day with all the new mechanics with the ship building with the base building all being implemented if they do it right steel this might not be like any other bethesda title before it it, it, it might, it might not so much where people go holy shit this is on another level like we still got the sandbox, we still got the open world, but everything else that they put in this game, this is on a whole new level, right? Yeah, and that might be the case. That is highly possible. And again, we are dealing with hardware now, and I hopefully, again, that's what I hope. I, I do hope that a lot of the focus on these delays that Starfield has seen um, is making sure that the gameplay is sound, making sure that the mechanics are sound, making sure that they use. The breadth of what the console the console is capable of right um that's that that's what that's what i'm hoping uh and, and i do want starfield to be one of the one of the games to show people why hey this is why you need to have next generation hardware um if you don't have a if you if you don't have a console maybe you should get a series console i um, mean if you don't have a pc maybe um you get one um and you jump in and really experience this world so we'll we'll end up seeing uh, Spendiferous asks, but which Batman is the best though? Arkham Knight. <laughs> Arkham Knight is the best one. Story-wise, combat-wise, uh, the overall feel of Batman himself, uh, when he, he was truly in his darkest moments, um, especially dealing with that Joker serum and whatnot. Um, poison, I should say, more so. I, I think that was the, and how he dealt with Red Hood and all, all that. It was... It was a culmination of, and I, I think Arkham Knight is the biggest reason why people look at Suicide Squad side-eyed, because it's like, how do you go from something that was so fucking great to that? Although, 
me and Paul felt pretty good about. It. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it depends on how you look at it. But, um, but yeah, I've, I, I'd have to give him the Arkham Knight. I'll defer to you, sir. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that that was again the conversations uh, about Zelda and then also Skyrim, Starfield. Um, Starfield. Uh, Skyrim and Starfield. Uh, we've <laughs> yeah. kind of been talking about all three in a, in a circle a little bit there. We got about thirty minutes before Pong needs uh, to slide on up out of here. Um, so let's see what else can we get into today. Uh, we've seen Jeff Keighley get some more partners on board for Summer Games Fest. Saw you drop. By the way, that's there. the Zelda video that I saw this morning that I mentioned. That was one of them. Oh, that was one of them. Okay, yeah, yeah okay. that was one of them. <laughs> yeah, for people who don't know, Tears of the Kingdom uh, is becoming a uh, becoming a dick fest as people yes. make creations, uh, and you're seeing more and more videos. The fact again that uh, I, again they had to know the team had to know this is exactly what's going to happen when you give people this type of creative freedom in a game uh but it's hilarious that a zelda game is being promoted uh with uh, a, a bunch of penises it is it, freaking amazing uh <laughs> it just never stops boats robots uh you name it <laughs> and there's gonna be more as people figure out how to do more stuff in this game so it's interesting yeah it's definitely it's definitely interesting. uh what else we got here um yeah. we have seen colin um sacred symbols they've been talking about some interesting things this week um i don't have any anything in particular that i would like to talk about from them i didn't hear i didn't hear the specific clip uh there are some other clips this week that they've been talking about as far as xbox's um development and again they they have hammered down again in the, in the show that i heard either monday or tuesday i believe um they were talking about you know Redfall and the inabilities of starfield probability uh possibly and why um you know they don't get why the there's a hype around that or why people even have faith in that um but pong i mean i do see that there's been some more recent things said here um as far as this conversation is going what's what's going on now man where do you want to take the conversation it's just listen we don't it goes back to the hypocrisy it goes back to the double standard when it comes to sony versus xbox it is now well established as i've been saying for the past couple of weeks uh, Sony fan base, there, there are no goal po- goalposts to move on the PlayStation side. They, the, the, it's basically at this point, almost literally, that Sony can do no wrong. No. Uh, brand loyalty. Right? And, and I understand that a lot of people say, well, of course, it's been that way for a long time. But what I'm saying is, is, at this point, the more and more that comes out as we go through this generation, the more obvious it is that this generation of PlayStation enthusiasts have been trained to the point much like Nintendo fans, where it doesn't matter what the company does, they're going to have a positive reason for it. And this week it came down to, because we saw more closings and cancellations this week from Sony. Um, And that's kind of what culminated. And that's what the clip from Colin was there, Steele. Colin said that, oh, well, PlayStation... Uh, really sets the bar high for their quality. So obviously they went in and took a look at these teams and the games that they're making, and they're not nines. He literally said they're not nines. So, you know, it sucks for the team. Never like to see people lose their jobs, but, you know, that's Sony quality. That's Sony quality control. So they canceled the games. Um, Bro, if, mm. again, we're up to like four between Dreams 
uh, to uh, what was the this? Is, this one is deviation. Yeah, deviation, right? Um, so between dreams and deviation, this has all happened in about a month and a half. We either have closures or cancellations of games and layoffs in four different instances from Sony. If that happened in a month and a half with Xbox, I don't care if the third party teams. I mean, it did already. It happened with all I, the 343 conversation when people were Right, leaving. with the 343. But I'm just saying we had a span of a month and a half like this with with third party teams being decimated in some instances, 40 to 60% of their uh, people being laid off because Sony walked in and canceled a project that they had with them. Bro, the uproar, the questions, what is Xbox doing? How could they do this to these third party teams? Why are you signing deals with these third party teams? If you don't intend upon completing your projects, what is going on? The mismanagement continues for Xbox. Like that would be the word on the street, but out here, nothing. And then you got people like Colin coming out and saying, oh no, it's just part of quality control. They just want to make sure they're getting nines out of all their teams. They just want to make sure their games are straight up the best that they can be. This is the never ending hypocrisy from the media, from the fans. It doesn't matter. This stuff should be talking deviation games steal. Do you remember? They did a huge announcement last year about this. And it was like a big, exciting moment. They had them on stage. Cited uh, now, Deviation Games. Deviation Games is made that. up of former uh, Call of Duty. I do uh, remember people. that, yep. Oh, Deviation Games, partnering with Sony, working on a shooter. This is going to be huge. It's going to be big. They, had a, they actually did, after that, they had a video from Deviation mm-hmm. Games uh, touring the studio where they had PlayStation yep. logos up everywhere. Their entire studio was PlayStation. Like, they were getting ready to be acquired steel like haven like all these mm-hmm. other, they were getting ready to be acquired like this was a partnership made in gold sony just walked in and canceled the game this week they also canceled a sci-fi game from another third-party publisher this week third-party studio mm. i should say sony was sony had a, a sci-fi game that was being made uh already in development for three years steel for three oh, years in, in development they said that was uh, it was a two years or under away from being released that's how close mm. they walked in and canceled it this week Studio had to lay off 40% of their people. Bro, I I don't... I guess it's quality, but I, that's, I don't know. That's, that's business, but this stretch over the past month and a half means that Sony's back into... Jim Ryan is cutting the fat. They're tr- he's trimming the fat. Yeah. He's trimming the fat. And again, you have every right as Sony to yeah, make that decision as PlayStation, decision. right? I don't know what, what your business is. So. No, no. And, and again, that's fine. But they and, have and been cutting some, some of their buzz, budgets and stuff. And like, there's people who believe oh. that's, that Xbox should have walked in Arcane and absolutely canceled Redfall. There's, there's that conversation uh, yeah. that they should have looked at because, because of the damage it has done in some people's eyes. Rand and Jez just talked about this yesterday. Rand and Jez both believe it should have been canceled because of the damage that it did because it's got your name on it. And PlayStation's no different. PlayStation has a seal of quality. And if if your team's not cutting it and they walk into your studio and they look at it and say, hmm, that ain't PlayStation, well, then they have the right to do it. Yeah. But what I'm saying is the hypocrisy, because if Xbox is doing this, the way that this has been going, again, this is like project number four. The way that Sony's going about this in this short period of time, uh, again, we've seen one person leave a studio and there'd be questions about what Xbox is doing and what mismanagement's going on. 
You're talking about entire projects being canceled. You're talking about teams having to cut 40%, 60% of their staffing because Sony walked in and said, yeah, it's not like they moved it. Right. That's the other thing too. Uh, It's not like, Oh, Oh, for quality purposes, um, you're not going to release this game, but we do have other games for you to work on. Um, Or I need you to move in this direction. It's just like, ah, yeah, that's not going to work. But again, I mean, this is an industry where they kind of build up and build out whenever they need to. Right. Uh, They can drop the ball, pick it up whenever they want. Um, which is unfortunate, but it also doesn't speak to the health of the internal. What's 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 a good word for it? the internal um, mental capacity? Maybe for some of those teams, right? Um, oh no, psychologically, you're yeah. putting all your eggs in the Sony basket, and if this and if they come and smash your eggs, what are you going to do? You're right. a small dev team. This is this is. This is the bad side. This is the risk factor involved with starting and opening up a new studio in this industry. It is highly risky. That's why I say acquisitions are good in a lot of ways because it takes that risk away from these small teams. You are one decision, one game away from potentially losing your studio when you first are starting out. Deviation Games just started. This project was their first game that they were doing, right? And I mean, if you want to say- I got to go back to drawing board. If you want to say quality, then I mean, I just I don't know if that quality bar is worth it enough. Like, how how do you on one hand say that our player base isn't spending enough or buying enough of right. our games, and then on the other hand say, oh, but it needs to be a nine? Right. The games and service games that you're releasing are not going to be nines. Like anybody that thinks factions is about the release and think it's going to be a nine, I, I you're going to be heavily mistaken. I think if PlayStation thinks that factions is going to come out and be a nine, or is, I mean, I hope that it does. I hope that it releases and it completely reinvigorates how we look at third person multiplayer. Maybe I haven't seen a game do that since Gears of War, mm-hmm. and there's not an or a division or. Tom Clancy, but that's a Tom Clancy IP that has a history of games that were already doing something similar. The only other game that changed that up was Gears. Um, you can't say Uncharted. Like, I can't give any credit to Uncharted because it didn't make any of a splash. It, like, I didn't even know Uncharted had multiplayer. <laughs> like, but people yeah. were talking about Gears. People were talking about Ghost Recon when those were popular. People were talking about a SOCOM for you know what I'm saying. So it's like, if it's quality, how I, I don't know if that necessarily makes sense either. Unless you're saying, but man, it was just so bad that well, three we years later you didn't do any check-ins to see whether the game was okay. Okay, so now three years later, the game is not where it needs to be. It's like, ah, you know what? Whatever. And we'll and we'll never know. Yeah, we'll we'll never never know know the reasons behind it, right? I'm just going with what people are saying. This is what Kyle was saying. This is what people in the community are saying that this is a part of Sony's quality control. They've done this in the past. Um, they've been known to be pretty hard on uh, third party developers. Um, you know, when it comes to their games. But they're partnering with all these smaller teams still to create diversity in their lineup because that's what they're lacking. Right. So they've been going to these smaller teams, um, you know, acquiring these smaller teams like Haven, Jade Raymond's new studio and stuff, 
they've been doing this to try to expand that diversity, to expand that lineup, to start filling in some of the missing pieces that they do have in their first party lineup uh, after a year, uh, a generation that they didn't have to focus on diversity. Now they know that they have to. Well, now all of a sudden all these projects are getting chopped. Like we're, we're okay. Where's your diversity going to come from? What do you got in the pipeline? Like what, if you partnered specifically with these teams to try to create some new experiences for PlayStation users and you're canceling them right away, okay, well, what does that mean? What is your lineup going to look like five years from now? Are you going to have enough in the pipeline? Again, I don't think Sony's in trouble in any way, shape, or form. We all know this. It's, they're not. But I'm just saying it kind of leads to the question. Mm-hmm. It kind of questions like, okay, well, if you are now to the point, if you've isolated yourself so much, that you believe that only your first-party teams are able to meet the quality standard of PlayStation and that third-party teams are going to have a very difficult climb to release a game, that's, I mean, I got I to gotta ask, like, are you putting yourself in a bigger corner? Because then you're just saying only your first-party teams can produce what we want. And that's, like, you know what I'm saying? And, and you're limiting is- yourself. And that is kind of that is definitely a, uh, that becomes a bigger problem because right. again, like I meant, like I mentioned just a few moments ago, you can't say that your base isn't buying enough games, mm. and games are costing more to make. Yeah, you know that bringing out those nine out of ten games you're talking about that quality bar, like a God of War um, or a Horizon that you want to use for those examples, Horizon almost costs two hundred million dollars to make. God of War, the same. Are you going to continue to spend this type of money on these games and only sell 30 and then get to 30 million five years later? Is that sustainable for you? It can't be because well, you just said Jim, it wasn't. Yeah, according to Jim. You just not. said it wasn't. So what, where is the truth in that? Right. Now, again, only they're going to know what is capable, but right. I just don't see how what's making sense and we're not going to know because they haven't put out a showcase to tell you that hey this is what our pipeline looks like and i think that this might be part of the reason why they haven't put a showcase together now there's rumors coming out now that there may be a showcase at the end of this month at some point um or around the end of this month at some point uh, where they're going to do another hopes and dreams kind of uh presentation but again like Stellar Blade is a single player game. It's, it's still as many people may call it stellar, uh, stellar ass or whatever case. Um, everybody's obsessed with the booty for her. Um, not everybody's gonna play that game again. As great as Devil May Cry is, oh yeah, no. not everybody plays Devil May Cry. Not not everybody plays Bayonetta. It's, not everybody plays those games. They, you know what I mean? So it's like it's cool that they got that under a publishing deal. Yep. Um, I'm 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 gonna be happy to see that game to come to fruition, but. You're also limiting it to your platform of people that already have a hard time buying your games. So it's like for me, and from what I'm seeing out of like you can have all the quality games that you want. But I've stated multiple times here, God of War can be quality, but it's not a game for me. So when I when I'm when am I going to get those games from me? Stellar Blade is a game for me. It's not a game to get a console for. Final Fantasy 16 it looks great, but it's not a game to get a console for, for me, right? So it's like, for me, when I ask these questions, and then you see these backhanded kind of um, 
situations happening behind the scenes and then people saying that, oh, well, that's quality. Where at what point do you say, because you can't look at Xbox and say, oh, well, their problem is quality. Mm-hmm. Okay. Xbox also has a higher retention rate than you. Doesn't put out as many quality, quote unquote, games as you say that you do. That's more of a variety of games. Doesn't have the fan base that a Sony or a PlayStation does. Mm -hmm. And is, quote unquote, still successful in their own eyes. They had to change some things. And Phil, uh, again, came out and said, oh, we got to do things differently. Nintendo and PlayStation, there. I mean, they have a foothold, and then you say, as Sony, the corporation, is like, well, um, we, we we're gonna we're doing ten service based games, and we got factions coming, and uh, six months before we release factions two, we'll tell you that factions isn't coming. Um, then three years later, we'll show you a picture. Um. Now we got our own player base making rumors out here that, oh, it's going to release this year in 2023. Um, We might have something to show you this year in 2023 based off of our last show that we showed you a picture for. Um, Factions also didn't get the player base that they were looking for. I'd imagine, which is why it's not incorporated with the PC version of Last of Us 1. So you took away, you're taking away elements of games while saying you're working on service-based games, but not taking advantage of something that you already have on the forefront that you could use as a metric. Again, I'm not a dev. I don't know how much is going to go into it. But I do think that it does speak for a bigger picture. And one of my one of my main concerns for Sony is I don't know how they venture the multiplayer gaming space. Because as they've stated, something that they want and it's something that they need in order for you guys or for the player base to continue to get the quality games that they're looking for. Um, Vic says there's objective quality and there's quality that appeals to the masses. These companies want to appeal to the masses. That's my share and that's the end game. Nick's, I disagree. Because you can have a game that appeals to the masses but still takes five years to sell 30 million copies. Where you have an Elden Ring that sells 20 million copies in less than a year. So quality is subjective and as much as God of War for an, again, I'm only using this as an example because this is what people use as the biggest quality bar. I mean, if you could throw Spider-Man in there, you could throw any of their games in there as a quality bar. Let's use, let's use Horizon now as a quality bar. If Horizon is a quality game and that's what appeals to the masses, then why was it again overlooked by Elden Ring? Why was it firstly looked overlooked by Breath of the Wild? Quality matters, though, overall. That's what the masses see. Obviously, that's not what matters the most. 
Because in that aspect, if you're saying that that's what appeals to the masses, then the masses would sell your 90, I say 90 million PlayStation 4, for an example, because somebody used a, a great comparison. It was like, oh, yeah, PlayStation 4 could have sold, you know, have 130 million consoles out there. But let's be frank, there's probably about only 90 million of those people mm -hmm. that really use those PlayStation 4s, kind of like on a daily basis. It's there's so many other pieces to the puzzle that I don't think that even Sony has yet. And they wouldn't have made the comments that they've made up to this point if it was just as simple as, of, of, hey, let's make quality games. I, I, I just I don't think it's that it's just that anymore. There is more to that conversation. I, I, I do want to start winding things down for you here, Pong. So. Based on, you know, based off of this, what we're, what we're speaking to now, like, what is your standpoint on kind of like how you're seeing Sony's quality bar kind of being measured? Them also being, at least to me, I believe they are slightly being backhanded. Like they're saying one thing over here, but then saying another thing behind the scenes and then also trying to appeal in to more players. Like, how is this being portrayed to you and how do you see things kind of kind of swaying because right now i mean both sides at least to me are are in a boat that's on heavy uh on very uh tough waters right now right it could go any way somebody just has more as a let's say a better built boat mm -hmm. because of their player base yeah their popularity. what do you think their popularity no i mean i think again i will I will never, uh, I will never question a company who who wants to have great quality control and and who does, you know, um, care about their name being put on a product. Again, we saw this back in the day. Nintendo's seal of quality, right? The, right. The, 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 that's what they did. That was like the standard. Like if you saw the Nintendo's quality seal on a game, you knew that game was going to be polished and it was going to be up to uh, up to Nintendo's uh, own standards internally. So I think that that's important. That's important for any brand. And I wish that, you know, obviously that there were certain games like a Redfall from Xbox that did get more hands-on, that the Xbox made Should tough have. decisions. Yeah, because I do think so. But I think that the quality meter, as we've talked about, Steel, the standard that people like to put out there has changed dramatically for the worse. Uh, we are now at a point that any game underneath an 8 or doesn't score in the 80s is a trash. That's what people say. Yeah, and I hate that. I hate that because that is not how we used to play games. That's not how we used to judge games back in the day, whatsoever. And I think that part that that comes in part from both, uh, you know, PlayStation and what they do, um, and how their player base has now been trained to think that way um, that any game. But it's also a double-edged sword, like we were just talking about. Steel. When you train a fan base to believe that anything. That's less than, and we're almost to the point now, anything less than a nine or let's say high 80, 85 or above is not acceptable. Well, then you miss out on a lot of great experiences and you miss out on the opportunity to put out a lot more content for your fan base that would give you the diversity in your lineup like we're seeing from Xbox. Like I said, if I had to choose between both, I love what Xbox is doing. So we might not have the Spider-Man. We might not have the Last of Us right now. 
I would rather be playing Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition. I'd rather have the opportunity to play the multitude of games coming from Xbox than I would from the limited first, and we're talking first party here. We're not talking third party, but we're talking first party than the limited uh, types of games over on PlayStation. And again, that's a me thing. It's personal. Again, everybody's own standards are going to be different. Everybody's own opinions are going to be different. What you think is quality might not be quality me and vice versa. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that whatsoever. But from Sony as general rule, when it comes to the popularity of certain types of games, still, again, I got to I got to ask. I saw a game like Ghostwire Tokyo launch exclusive. Look, launch exclusively on PlayStation. Yeah, enough people talking about it. Not enough people talked about it. And sure, it didn't receive the critical reviews that, of course, we'd like to see from games. It was in the 70s, right? I think it might have even been high 60s, whatever. But it got completely overlooked. Nobody on PlayStation tried it out. It drops into Xbox Game Pass. I'm not saying it set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. The game isn't going to be for everybody. But I played the hell out of the game, still playing the hell out of the game. That game is much better than its rating. It is a quality game. It has a lot to offer. It is fun as hell. And again, if you don't agree with me, that's fine. But I'm saying that it just got completely silenced from the PlayStation side. Uh, again, it which boggles the mind. Right. It wasn't a first party, home run, third person, narrative driven game. And so they dismissed those games. And I think that's, and again, this is my opinion. I think this is part of the reason why you saw Sony corporate come out and say people aren't buying games anymore. Well, because your fan base is only sitting around waiting for your first party titles. They're only sitting around waiting for your third party exclusive games that you push. That's what you've trained your base to do. And other games come out and they don't get the attention. They don't get the love. They don't get, they don't even have people trying them because that's not what they're looking for. They're only looking for one certain type of game. Whereas on Xbox, we get thrown so much stuff between Game Pass, between the diverse lineup of first-party, third-party titles coming in, that I believe the Xbox fan base is more willing to try games. And is that a product of Game Pass? It damn well is. And that's exactly what Xbox wanted. They wanted to turn more people into Grazers. Order for you to Grazers, Yep, Grazers have more opportunity, more likelihood of trying new games and buying new games and trying in in different areas, not just one type. So I think from that aspect, Sony with their standards, and again, yes, I know there's Ratchet and Clanks out there. Yes, I do know that they make other games. But generally speaking, generally speaking, there's one style of game that the Sony... It's single-player games. Right, it's a single player experience, narrative heavily experience. narrative driven. Right, that's what it. That's what they want. They want that movie like game experience, and that's what they're looking for, because that's all they praise, and that's all they want. And again, we're not talking about the casuals. We're not talking about the wider market. The wider market is gobbled it, up by Sony in a lot of ways because of their popularity. It's a it's popularity brand contest. Yeah. It's a brand power. It's, it's Apple. It's it's literally yes, an Apple yes. versus. And Android. we had this conversation last night. Jasper brought it up. It's Apple versus Android. It's literally, yeah. That's what it is. And that's fine. Again, that's Sony's marketing genius. Again, they did this in the electronics. For those of you not old enough to remember, when Sony dominated electronics, when Walkman, if you had anything other than a Walkman, you had trash. That was literally how it was in the 80s and 90s. They know how to do this, and they've done it well. But what I'm saying from the gaming standpoint, 
when you put this kind of pressure on your first-party studios to deliver time in, time out. Ben's studio delivered a great game in Days Gone. It didn't get the love. I think I played it. I liked it, and I thought it was a really good game. But because of the, the Metacritic, what did Sony do? No sequel. You're now a support studio. Oof. Listen, now there's part Not of the fan base that goes back and plays that game and goes, actually kind of like Days Gone. Days Gone should get a sequel. That's the kind of that's that's the the weakness from doing it that way is that you do put yourself into a corner and if you can make some you make decisions based upon that type of philosophy, you're going to miss out on some opportunity. Yes, you may not put out a Redfall like we just saw Xbox do, right? You may not have a Redfall happen, but you're also not going to have a whole lot of other games that might have the opportunity to expand the diversity in your lineup and expand the tastes of your fan base beyond what you've been giving them for an entire generation. You lose out on those opportunities as well when you kind of hold yourself to this. So again, there's give and take. I personally like the way Microsoft's doing. Yes, I believe Microsoft could do a better job hands-on. They need to do a much better job. Yeah. But but I don't want them to just simply be Sony. Like Phil said, we're not trying to keep we're not trying to create the one game to rule them all. Which I love. I want to hear that. I want to hear you want to make great games, but I want to hear you want to make great games everywhere in all different formats, even genres that don't interest me. I want you to make great games. Right? If Banjo Kazooie comes back, it won't be for me but I hope it's the best damn Banjo-Kazooie game ever made, right? That's what I want. So, again, it's it's a tough situation to be put in, Steel. Um, but, again, their fan base is telling you exactly what it is. And, again, we're talking about the enthusiasts, not the wider audience. The enthusiasts are telling you exactly what Sony has been marketing to when they spew this stuff. Like, again, any game underneath an 85 nowadays is it's trash. we don't want any other game we want that narrative driven game like you know we don't want we don't want the gears of war we don't want those games over here those games are trash they're telling you exactly what sony has done marketing wise to make this premium experience quote-unquote premium experience and that's i mean you got to believe them when they tell you that you got to believe them that's what they want so it is what it is yeah um and again there's a lot to be worked on on both sides. Uh, again, yes. I do want to see um, Xbox get more in line with uh, getting that quality control uh, underway, um, making sure that people are at least able to see, because again, there is an issue when you have your your number one IP in Halo release and it's not received well. There, that's, uh, <laughs> there's a lack of foresight there. Um, Redfall is another one. You look at that and say, hey, no, mm, I don't know if that's going to be it. I, I think you guys need some more time. I, I don't know. But again, we also don't know how these deals work in the behind the scenes on and what is in place that causes these things to happen. Because again, maybe they, they still had an internal deadline that they had to meet. And yeah. like Phil mentioned, maybe it wasn't worth it delaying anymore. Um, There's a lot that goes into it, and no, Sony hasn't been particularly quoted saying 85 below. Yeah, 85 when did I ever say Sony said that? When did I ever say that? I said they're fans. They're fans. Again, um, when Colin does something like he did, and he said they're walking into these studios and seeing that these games aren't a nine, 
That's the mentality from the enthusiasts that I'm talking about. Am I, am I saying that it's 100% across the board? No, of course not. But that's the mentality. That's the philosophy. And you can see it with Sony. When Ben puts out a game that scores under an eight, what happens? They, are no, don't, they don't get to do a sequel. And they are put on as a support studio. So you kind of have to trust your eyes and ears on this, Nix. But no, Sony never said that. But you can see that's where they're going. Do they still have like a game like Destructive Destruction All-Stars coming out? Yeah, they did. They had a game like Destruction All-Stars coming out. They they realized too late that that game wasn't going to be what it was. It was going to be a full-price game. And then they found out, then they looked internally and said, ooh, yeah, then we're not going to sell this as a full-price game. We'll change direction. But do you think they're going to come out with Destruction All-Stars 2? No, that's not happening. <laughs> Hell no. Nah, Hell no. That game didn't hit. Um, anyway, um, n- nonetheless, each company is going to be different. Each company is going to try to do things in their in their own way. We all we all know that. Um, again, my main my main concern is seeing Sony take that um, take that take that turn from being more single player focused to being more multiplayer focused, um, and also be just being more diverse. And again, I can only talk about from my own opinion. Also, um, and we're not saying I'm not saying Colin speaks for the wider enthusiast base, but the even from my personal experience there things are vaguely skewed towards Sony's direction. Um, and again, I'll say they wouldn't have made the statement saying that our gamers are not enough. If there was people that were investing in those quality games, that's not why they're there. Most people are there because Sony's a recognizable brand. Playstations are, um, something that you can put some faith into. Um, and it is hardware. And traditionally, Sony's hardware has been of quality. With that said, it makes sense that games like Call of Duty, um, your Fortnites, and other games to that nature would do well over there. Um, I, w- I, w- <laughs> I was going to throw I could th- I could throw a little bit more sauce on that topic, uh, just to be just to be messy. There was a there's a thing between my friend group that we used to have and and really it was just kind of to me I've been able to prove it I know there's more you get into uh, into the community you'll find more people that are more like you but traditionally this is something that was uh, between my friend group just like the whole single player gamers are were casuals um, perspective that I had previously so was the the PlayStation gamer would never be good at multiplayer games the way the Xbox gamers are or PC gamers are. PC gamers one, I mean, we've been, they, we have been doing it for quite some time, but then the Xbox, the reason why we used to say that about Xbox gamers is because we had to pay for online. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was just like, it was more probable, um, especially when we uh, they introduced crossplay. This was a huge thing that was going on online smack talking in, in, in the lobbies and whatnot where you ran into sony players that weren't as good as those as your competitor um who was playing on the opposite platform it just it happened to be some truth to that and i'm not just talking about oh this person said no i'm talking about what i put to practice all right um i i had a, i had a cousin who was a strictly a playstation player right was killing it on call of duty on playstation he came over to xbox and was like bro why is this game harder on xbox <laughs> he was like why do people feel seem like they're smarter on xbox for whatever reason like 
I just, I was being funny. And I just told him because we hey, we pay for our service, man. Like, like I don't know, you paying for something. You want to make sure that you feel that you're doing good at it, right? Um, that conversation has kind of went to the wayside more so recently because, um, gaming multiplayer gaming has become more free to play, right? Um, as and, and it should be, but just but that's just the reality of the situation that there are. Outside of the fighting game era, Sony did become more single-player focused, where Xbox became more multiplayer focused. Not everything works on a multiplayer stand front because Xbox doesn't have those PC games that hit on that multiplayer stand front, right? Not all of them. Um, and you just see the different directions that they're going. Um, I Again, as much as I want Sony to put out a quality version of factions and it be everything that I want is the same way that I understand that people want a quality game from Xbox, right? That's a, um, in that same breadth of a, a horizon or a God of war or these X and X amount of number of different things, same things that I'm asking for one game in factions. I want it to be a great, I want Sony's foray into multiplayer gaming be just as quality as their single player games and i don't see that which is why that quality conversation is hard for me or them bringing in bungie is hard for me because i don't see that in destiny still great it's it survived as long as it has but you can't put everything on bungie to fix your problems factions was again like i mentioned earlier was slept on for sony so I don't see how putting more eggs in that basket fulfills what you're looking for as far as a service-based game still go, especially after all the smoke uh, Last of Us 2 got, right? So that's the biggest aspect that I'm coming from on that. Yeah. Again, it's going to be interesting to see how things play but, out. Sony, Sony's going to have to adjust their marketing still. Yeah. They're going to have to learn how to market multiplayer to a fan base that they've developed that isn't necessarily, and again, they still tons of people play Call of Duty, still ton, but from their first party, aren't necessarily looking for multiplayer games. They're going to have to learn how to market and push those games as a service. Outside of Call of Duty forefront. and sports. Out, right, right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. They're going to have to push that forward and learn how to do that all over again. They used to. Yeah. Back in the day, you had your SOCOMs, mm-hmm. you had your multiplayer games that were giant, that were popular, but you haven't done it in a long time. And you got to relearn how to get your fan base excited for that aspect because you're going to throw them at factions and they're going to be like, yeah, but when's the last of us part three coming? Yeah, exactly. No, that's, <laughs> you know that's what exactly right. what's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. Right. This right. is great. But where's last, well, where's last of us three. Right? Yeah. Cause so I don't care about this. Right, right, right. So there's going to be a lot of that. And again, we're talking about the enthusiasts and we're talking about the fanboys within Sony, not the, not the, not the casuals. You might get some casuals in there to play it, but there's so much competition in the multiplayer space nowadays. It's tough. It's tough. So. Yeah, and again, it's not that factions has to be the end all be all Knicks either. No. Um, no. The the main thing for me is that they're that's their closest right. service game that they have coming. Yep. Um, outside of their other that's ones, we know of. that's and that's what that's why I keep speaking to that one because that's that is in my personal belief is one IP that has the power to be to start that conversation like mm-hmm. Gears did, like Halo yeah. did, like. Ghost Recon did back in the day, like Rainbow Six did, like uh, these other games have done. So uh, that's more so what I'm, well, but we'll see. I got hope, but man, I, Sony has let me down previously and their support, and especially not bringing 
factions over for PC players to experience so they can see what that was like doesn't give me a lot of faith. Uh, is, but again, that's, uh, but this, this is what me. competition's about. This mm-hmm. is why we love this industry. It, it, it's getting these companies out of their comfort zone, yeah. right? It's getting, their, getting these different companies out of their comfort zone, especially somebody like Sony who's been number one in the high-performance market again. Right, 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 whatever that is, yeah. Whatever that is, again, between the two, Xbox and PlayStation, Sony having that lead for so long, getting so comfortable in that spot, getting them out of their comfort zone, and offering more to gamers in general. That's where we all win. And the same goes for Microsoft. The pressure on Microsoft to somehow compete now gave us game pass now gave us them expanding in all these other places now the next step is and phil obviously in that interview knows it is yeah they've got to make sure their games are on point when they launch so that helps us as gamers as well that's the competition back and forth that we want to see that makes things so great so who knows we might get the next greatest multiplayer coming from a sony first party studio that everybody has to go buy a playstation to play who knows you just don't know you just don't know um so a couple quick hitters before we go ahead and wrap things down um i will be skipping out on this day in gaming uh just because i know we are on a time here um a couple quick hitters where enix still doesn't know what the hell they're doing apparently um they don't know what's best for them uh they cut another exclusive time deal although their numbers are continuously looking negative for them um right. i don't nfts get that. are gonna save them still yeah yeah right um <laughs> their operating profit is is down 25 percent. their sales are down six percent uh their digital entertainment sales are also down by 12 percent. and no comments on forespoken sales which tells me um i mean hey Sounds familiar to what uh, FromSoft used to do with Armored Corp. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that game has even sold a million copies. And, and, and to put this into perspective, we got updates from Square on the games that they said were disappointing, like Avengers, like Outriders. <laughs> we got updates on those sales before Spoken. Uh, and again, I still want to play Forspoken. I think I, I would I like enjoy Forspoken. Yeah, I like it. Legit. I legit. I from what I've it. seen, I think it would be a game that I would like. But does not say anything from square about forespoken means yeah it's probably i don't think it sells a million copies uh, that's it might be i it think it might it's, be just over mill I, I i think it might be more so around what returnal did if not less it could be, it could be. 500k which is um <laughs> no wonder why you said yeah i'm good <laughs> <laughs> um yeah man it's it's going to be crazy to see cuz a lot of people are, are hyping up final fantasy 16 uh, again, uh, a game that's going to have combat that Final Fantasy fans said they don't like, um, but everybody is apparently saying it's going to be the greatest game ever to release this year also. Uh, so that's another one that's also in that conversation. Looks gorgeous. Um, I mean, yeah, it does look really pretty. Uh, the combat does look like it's going to be some fun, but um, again, it's a third-party game. We'll see how it goes. Uh, also, uh, Hogwarts Legacy is coming to the Switch on November 14th. Let's see if this is the final delay. The fact that they're still adamant uh, about releasing this game on the Switch. This is a game that I'll say, all right, if you guys are able to do this, somebody needs to, somebody needs to either acquire this studio or WB. This is where your money needs to go at from now on. Because, um, Lord Jesus, if they're able to get a Hogwarts Legacy running on that Nintendo Switch and it still be a comparable experience, like people can still enjoy it. They're the greater. They're one of the greatest studios that exists to date. 
Um, that's impressive. I'm going to be, I'm, I'm actually hyped to see what that's going to look like because um, that game is extremely demanding on PC also. Um, currently, uh, especially when you involve ray chasing and things like that, there's just so much attention to detail in that game um, that hopefully it doesn't take away enough from their original creative vision, right? Uh, that's the main thing for me. Um, CMA is back in the conversation again. More things leading off into the direction that this deal uh, may end up going through. A lot of backhanded comments um, as far as what's going on behind the scenes. Uh, nothing necessarily that I think is worth like. Not, I haven't looked enough into the details of some of these things. Busy through the week um, to see where um, the impact is going to be. Uh, I know the ROG ally was also an, uh, given a pre-order. I was just going to say, steal real quick on that. Oh, too. My fault, my uh, fault. No, no, no. It, it just, next week, um, EU comes down with the decision. Yeah. Again, don't hold your breath. But that, again, if the EU blocks, I don't see a way forward. Um, so right now, the word is, that was this week's news, the word is the EU is going to approve, which makes things very interesting. Um, but I'm not going to hold my breath because we heard the same thing about the CMA. Yeah, so we'll see. But we should get a decision from the EU. People are expecting it on Monday. So okay. hopefully we'll have to see. talk about. Yeah, because if they block, I just I don't see a way forward. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, if it's going to definitely, if they do block on one hand, I want to see, I, I, on one hand, I want to see what happens if it does get blocked, how Microsoft responds to that. Um, how Xbox responds to that, how they pivot. Because again, uh, the the unfortunate part of this is that the human element of it is all is going to be lost um, at the end of the day, which is the other super unfortunate part of it. Because again, um, maybe that's why Modern Warfare 3 is still rumored to be the game that's supposed to be releasing this year, which is, I think is super unfortunate. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, inv- I'm not playing that game or investing no. in it. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah, for I'm anybody who doesn't know, Modern Warfare 3 is going to be the, well, rumored to be rumored the full to be release, the next. Uh, going to launch with zombies, supposedly. So that'll be the big yeah, nah, I'm draw I'm for that, but no. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass. Um, I will make sure I speak out against that because I don't, I don't get the point in that, especially if you're making a Modern Warfare 3. Why, why didn't you just put that in the MW2? To finish, the, to finish the deal with Sony. Again, and if that is the case... They're not going to come out and say it, it, but that's that's the only thing that makes sense. It's just so only fucking... thing that makes sense. Yeah, it is. Whatever. Um, also got some rumors uh, about uh, the new Mortal Kombat game. Again, uh, a little bit of uh, spoilers here. For those who are not familiar with how a Mortal Kombat 11 story goes, um, them rebooting Mortal Kombat and calling the next one Mortal Kombat 1. I hope it's not called Mortal Kombat 1. I hope it's just called <laughs> Mortal Kombat uh, because... Why put yourself back through the the numbering again? Why um, not? Let's do it's it. Just, it's so weird. Uh, and I heard you guys talk a little bit about Mortal yeah. Kombat yesterday. Oh, the story's been kind of convoluted or has been better re- recently. I do disagree that the okay. newer games have done the story justice. I do miss that MK9, MK8, 7, 6 era of Mortal Kombat where they were having like, split offs right we got defiance and other game alliance and these other games that branched off and were telling uh sure. branching paths of this story uh i think the story elements were great then because a lot of it a lot of it was kind of just in line with each other you knew what you were getting you were getting the continuation um yeah. and then it kind of fell off the bandwagon to this whole time 
thing that they got going on, but I do think that this is going to be a correction in that storyline and getting back to the essence of Mortal Kombat to tell a compelling story uh, that can get people more invested from start to finish. Um, and I was just saying, we'll it, it, it still falls in line if they do it yeah, this way. 100%, yeah. Not having Mortal Kombat 12, it still falls in line with how Mortal Kombat 11, yeah, 11 ended. Yeah. Ended. Right? This was it's the, a, it's this was the path. It's a reboot. This was the the world, right? This is Liu Kang's. Yeah, this is this is going to be Liu Kang's version of Of, this new future of Mortal Kombat. Yes, correct. Correct. Well, led, I should say. Yeah, which works out perfect. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, again, that's going to that gives me a reason to jump to really be interested in how Mortal Kombat is going to. Or Mortal Kombat's one of the only really two D fighters that I really love and enjoy playing outside of more anime-esque ones again like guilty gears blahs blue um so on and so forth uh, i'd rather play mortal kombat than street fighter any day of the week personally uh so i'm i'm interested to see that i see that break out uh the one thing that i'm not interested in is peacemaker being bought in i'm um, <laughs> to be a rumor character i really could give a damn less homelander makes sense um if you know who he is as a character um although saw some people like overly excited about homelander coming in yeah that was kind of whatever weird but anyway um again dlc a, is it, dlc and mortal Kombat's always had fun and yeah. done it well so yeah have whatever. a good time with it have a good whether time i'm not it. interested in the characters or not it doesn't matter I, I just ed boone and his team know what they're doing so whatever they just let them do their thing <laughs> uh state of the k2 got a new update that came out this week which was yeah super yeah i got it redownloaded uh i gotta play that for sure yeah um and huge update update 33 yes. Update 33, changing uh, how the um, zombies uh, spawn, changing how the uh, hearts spawn, uh, changing fully the dynamic of the game. Um, And this is huge. I I mean, uh, shout out to Undead Labs for continuing to support that game. That game plays nothing. If you haven't jumped into State of of Decay 2. One of those. um, Recently, jump into it now. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's great. Again, update 33. (laughs) Just unbelievable where that game's gone, but I've re-downloaded it. Um, planning on jumping into it at some point uh, and trying it out. Uh, Weird West just got a, a free uh, current-gen console uh, as well. Um, please go check that out. It's still in Game Pass, so you get the free update. They updated for Xbox. They updated for PlayStation. Uh, underrated game uh, from, is it Wolfbane Studios? I think it's Wolfbane Studios. I know it's Wolf something. Uh, Wolfbane Studios, uh, these are former in exile and obsidian devs. Um, so they bring an awesome, awesome story. Um, freaking top down old wild west with supernatural stuff involved in it. Graphics are heavily shaded comic style graphics. If you don't know, it's now running at 4k 60 locked, uh, on the series consoles and on PlayStation. Uh, it was already a beautiful game and already performed really well before. Now I popped it in uh, for a couple hours this week as well. Uh, fantastic. Just a really good game. Underrated game. Again, Game Pass. Go check it out. Nice. Uh, what else? We Oh, we also had the update for um, finally. Uh, again, shout out to the devs, but uh, Plague's Tale Requiem also got their 60 frames update this week as well. Still. Uh, for both uh, PlayStation okay, and nice. Xbox. Okay, nice. I did see that. So now that's locked. Again, remember, that Still was a controversy. Good. Uh, 30 frames or 45 unlocked if you wanted to. Uh, they've now locked it at 60. I've seen some people playing it. They lowered the resolution, which we always talk about. That's going to happen. They lowered the resolution down. It still looks beautiful, but it is a locked 60 now. 
So if you uh, held off on playing Plague Sale Requiem, guess what? Get to play the 60 frames. So go check. Oh, it and out. it's best light, huh? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, we also got word that Hollow Knight Silk Song has been delayed. So yeah, shout out to Hollow Knight again. Uh, game that seems alright. I can't get through the first game, so I'm not going to play the second game. No. Um, that's unfortunate. That's that's this me. Is huge. This is yeah, a huge, game. huge game. Huge indie game. Huge indie game for a lot of people. When it comes uh, to indie games, this is like one of the biggest, if not the biggest game. Everybody's been waiting on yeah, this game. 100%. And again, uh, unfortunately for Xbox, another third-party deal. Uh, for those that don't know, it's coming in the Game Pass. Day one, day and date. Um, unfortunately, a lot of third-party deals that Xbox makes for a variety of reasons just don't work out. It sucks because this was supposed to be another 12-month game. This yeah. was supposed to be out by June. They didn't give a new date. They said they will talk to us later. So still a chance we could see it in the second half. Um, but uh, hopefully cross our fingers because I know there's a lot of fans waiting on this thing. It's going to be huge. Yeah, that's uh, kind of it's kind of wild, actually. Uh, there are some other little tidbits uh, like GTA uh, 6 apparently going to cost about $1 to $2 billion. Again, um, Bro. they're going to make a shit ton of money on that. And oh, again, yeah, I, yeah. I don't. GTA 6 is also going to have online to it. Uh, you'd be smoking dope if you don't think that it is. It's not going to be a single-player-only game. Um, so I'd imagine that that's where a lot of that money is going, making sure that they have another game that can at least live another decade. That's hey. great. That's Avatar money. Yeah, that's that's insane for a video game. If you want to know how far video games have come, if that's true, and we don't know it's true for sure, but if that's true, and I could see it with their marketing because their marketing for Grand, for GTA Six is going, all their marketing is always stupid. Yeah, but their marketing for GTA Six is going to be on another level. When they yeah, no, nah, they're going to make sure that it's in your face and that you buy the yeah. game. Hundred percent. I mean, I'm going to buy the game. Uh, so it is what it is. I had my time with GTA Five. Um. Uh, and then Private Division and Game Freak, uh, Private Division <laughs> from Tank 2 and Game Freak, uh, who is known for the Pokemon franchise, um, they're partnering on an all-new action-adventure IP, uh, codenamed Project Bloom, which is going to be, again, to see uh, the makers of Game Freak get from up under, excuse me, uh-huh. from under po- under Pokemon, um, and get into something different. Again, Game Freak is extremely unique, um, and they have a lot of ta- talented team there, but I do believe that they've been limited me in my personal opinion uh that they've been limited by their hardware for quite some time that they've been able allowed to work on so to see them put their expertise into something else um is going to be interesting to see and uh, how they evolve those mechanics and what they bring to the table how things play out with that ladies and gentlemen i think that is going to end our episode 102 of living screen we're gonna get pong up out of here uh, i want to say thank you ladies and gentlemen for coming on through and enjoying us on this saturday morning uh again we're a conversation we're a little bit all over the place but we touched on a little bit of everything even had some passionate skyrim conversations to start off the morning uh so that was de- definitely interesting yeah. um and now that i've talked through it i, I think i'm i'm good and I- i'll be able to move on from it uh <laughs> <laughs> i think that was the only thing i was missing I, I haven't been able to talk through it so uh, i keep going i kept I, again I, I was thinking about downloading it again i'm not gonna lie so, so, so um, thanks chad for being a seal psycho- <laughs> psychologist today and uh listening to his skyrim oh, issues we could all help him work through that oh <laughs> uh, again i i am still i am hyped for starfield um there's a lot of interesting things that i'm seeing that really pulled me in so um and, and i'm definitely hyped for the uh for the show this year too so with that paul get these beautiful people out of here and let them know where they can find you man 
Hey, man, listen, another unique show for Living Split Screen. This is what Steele and I do. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed it, like Steele said. Again, after a long week where most of you are listening to other podcasts, you've heard the news broken down pretty much every which way possible by different podcasts. You come here Saturday morning, you get you get the Steele and Pong flavor. Uh, we take things all different directions. We might start to show off with an hour and a half conversation about things that ne- – ne- weren't necessarily a part of our intro, but that's how we do here on Living Split Screen. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. It is a unique experience here, I believe, from our perspective, uh, and I hope you agree too. But thank you all for joining us. Great conversations again. All of you that continuously show up here each and every Saturday morning, thank you so much for that. Uh, Pong Soul on Xbox, Pong Soul on Twitter. You guys know the drill there. Um, obviously, tonight it's the Shop Podcast. Yet again, PTK Blamstein really finally good growth i mean again it's it's unbelievable dude's one of the best in the business when it comes to hosting he's been doing it for over six years but really finally starting to see the chat grow which is awesome because it makes the show more interesting of course we don't care how many people are in the chat but at the end of the day when you got more conversation going on in there people enjoying what's happening through the show itself it just helps with the energy of the entire show that's what it's all about but man, do we have a good time Saturday night. So 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central Time, the Shop Podcast, PTK Blam, Blam, Fuzzy, myself, and tonight the one and only Wandering Dutch from the Midweek hey. Mix-Up Collective. It's going to be like 3 a.m. his time, but he's going to show up. Uh, the man uh, is a madman when it comes to this stuff. He shows up on shows all t- different times, but he's going to be joining us. We're going to have great conversations there tonight, so please drop on in. Next week, Tuesdays, all good things green. Double Barrel Gaming is a channel. Mr. Boomstick is the man. Shout out to the one and only. One of the best in this community. 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 o'clock Central Time. Be there for Xbox Factor Podcast every Tuesday because he's got a great panel no matter who's on. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Steel's been popping in a lot of boom shows lately uh, from time to time here. Uh, always, always good conversations. Be there. Thursday nights, it's over on Fun Speculation Network. The Fun Speculation Channel. It is PM in the PM, Pong and Mav in the PM, 7 PM Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time, where Mav and I do this thing right here. Sometimes we have guests, but most of the time it's me and him, just like it's me and Steele, just BSing, talking, just catching up on the week. Uh, So be there next week, 7 PM Eastern, 6 o'clock Central Time for that. And then, of course, Friday nights, it's Xbox Ultimates back on Fun Speculation uh, channel, 10 PM Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Time. Had a great show Last night, where we laugh a lot, we we talk about food. Mav tried to extend the show for another half hour talking mm. about food. For God's sakes, man! Yeah, uh, no. but we always have a good time. We we have a great time there. We talk a lot of gaming news too. Uh, but that's every Friday night. Um, again, Xbox Ultimate. Otherwise, it's the golden age of gaming. People, it really, 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 really is. I can't stress it enough. So much to play. So much fun to be had. No matter where you're playing at. So get out there, play what you love, love what you play. Server Slam is on. Go download Diablo. Get in there. Uh, anyways, have a great rest of your weekend. I'll talk to you all real, real soon. Steel, get us out of here, brother. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, beautiful people. You can find me everywhere. I, Steel Rain, I, that T is a seven. And we'll see you next weekend on episode 103 of Living Split Screen. Y'all stay safe out there. Get, get some gaming in and uh, y'all have fun. Much love. Peace.